We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the final piece of the puzzle. U.S. Open, DraftKings picks, lineup construction, and ownership, along with the weather, the final bets, and a discussion on who you need to use in the one and done this week for the year's third major. We are live on YouTube at the moment. If you have a question, we're going to get to those at the end, but you need to be subscribed to Mayo Media Network in order to ask your question. So please go do that right now. Smash the like while you're here as well. And the giveaways are still ongoing. I'll announce the winner on Monday of the $500 giveaway. So there is still time to get into that because Tambo, we are pushing becoming a the number one for the week fantasy sports and betting podcast in the world and we're like almost cracking the top 20 of all sports podcasts inside uh, of the United States and Canada so the more reviews and subscriptions so subscribe rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify preferably audio Apple Podcasts at this point uh, and see if we can push those numbers up we need to need to rig the system I, I like it going, li- going live can help us with that but what about the B4L movement is going to be back today will that hurt us or help us what's that the band for life oh. is coming back if there's if there's no good questions right it has to be a thing so We'll see if that helps or hurts us near the end, but I'm excited to be back, excited for another major. My favorite major, I say it all the time, it's my favorite major of the year, a Canadian that loves the U.S. Open, so excited to get into it, Pat. Well, you're looking good on this thumbnail. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, by the way, so grateful and thankful to you and the thumbnail team that gives me the Ryan Gosling, and I'm showing that to my wife last night. I was thinking, she's like, I don't think so, but I kind of like that hairstyle, man. I might have to try that out this summer. You might. You, you, look, you look very good as Ryan Gosling. I don't <laughs> know how I'm pulling off Emma Stone in this one, but we are in La La Land. We are in Hollywood, so let's get to the bets, see if we can... Find ourselves a winner this week at the U.S. Open. John Rahm for me, 12 to 1. Cam Smith, 30 to 1. And then two of Cuss picks are two of my bets because he fucking stole them from me. Joaquin Neiman, 125 to 1. Mito Pereira, 150 to 1. Like, those are just good numbers. Yeah, the Mito one I got, not the Neiman, but I like Neiman. It's, you know, it's a really good spot that you got, and I like that number quite a bit too. And then uh, me, like most people out there. Most people watching the show, you included. I think Paul is on the train, too. I can't remember if he is or not, but after Tory, we all bet Max Homa. Yep. Not at the Masters, not at the PGA Championship, but for the U.S. Open in his hometown. 50-1 to 1 <laughs> with five places for me. On the Best Bet show with Cam and Rob, we all gave out a single first-round leader, but then Cam gave out, like, 20 first-round leaders. <laughs> but we ended up deciding on Thigala. 
75 to 1, Woodland 80 to 1, and Patrick Rogers at 90 to 1 is the first round leader bombs that we're going to go with this week. And then the one and done, John Rom for me, Scotty Scheffler for Jeff Feinberg, and Wyndham Clark for Tim Andercast. Yes, Paul. For the record, I had massive FOMO on not having the 50s on Homa, but I have a, DC, a, uh, a Costco 32 pack of DCs. With Tim Andercust, Homa versus uh, Wind DC. That's 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 what I've got. And Tim is basically. We had a group thread yesterday about how Max Homa sucks. Max Homa like won't make the cut. Max Homa is the worst. It's just like this. Which side? Which side is he on? He's like he's like sticking with Wind DC in this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, like he thinks Max Homa is terrible. Then he because he brought up like this. He brought up like the major performances with Max Homa and like how shit he's been in major championships in his career. And I'm like, man, you picked Wyndham Clark to win. And then I went and sent him, like, the like Wyndham Clark <laughs> never played in the Masters. He's made, like, one cut yeah. in a major in his career. Now, I, I do think it's actually a pretty decent play. But it's just funny that, like, Homa can't win because he's been so bad. <laughs> Wyndham Clark is going to win maybe because he's only exclusively been bad. I mean, he's building up all the mo for this one tournament. <laughs> and I he's guess. betting him head-to-head at even odds. So that seems even crazier. But I actually have the 50, like you said. But I'm I'm – Kind of low on him when we get to DFS later, and even when Windy C even lower. So happy to hear Tim's all aboard that one. But did you get? You, it sounds like you didn't. The best exotic of the week, Scotty Scheffler, wire to wire, forty-five to one. Is that the best exotic of the Finds week? Finds the putter. If you can get Scotty at forty-five to one when everyone else is taking seven, just get the job done out of the gate and move it along. That's the best way to do it. Even the first round leader, I think, is only eighteen or twenty. So. I mean, that's, it's, that's basically the parlay, though. You're parlaying the 7-1 to one with the 18-1, to one, and you're not even getting as good of odds as you would get on right, that. Right, but yes, but I don't, I don't know if all books will let that, but if you do it, 45-1, to one, he walks away with it, finds that putter finally. He's got a secret putter. He's going to show us on Thursday, he says. We'll find out on Thursday. Watch it just be the same one, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I'm just teasing, but I do like that number at 45-1, to one, and that's what I bet just for fun. I, I am going to have... Just all the laughs when he shows up with like the Adam Scott Siwoo putter. He's yeah. just doing this on the greens. Oh my God. He's definitely not doing that. That would be amazing. It's worked for Siwoo and Adam Scott. It really like the, has. Siwoo's not... been like the most consistent in a little while too, since, since any other time. So we'll take that. All right. He's going to be a guy that we discuss later as well. Oh, yeah. You like Siwoo, do you? I don't know if I do. That's why I want to get your take. You're usually the Siwoo whisperer. The one thing is it looks like he's going to be one of the popular guys down there. And when we do the lineup breakdowns and start going through and building some of these things, you're going to see that that range. Very popular this week. Well, yeah, I can tell you which range is not popular. The $8,000 range. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, it just it's... Besides one guy. Yeah, there's probably like one or two guys that are going to pop up, but just when we were talking pre-show about how lineup construction is going, everyone just kind of starting with one of the studs, trying to pair it with probably the same stud over and over, then dropping to all the same four guys that everyone else is playing. Mm-hmm. And none of those guys are in the low $8,000 range. Yeah, that's correct. And 7K range just gets blasted because of that. The upper sevens have a bunch of guys from Ricky up to Fleetwood. The bottom range has the Meadows, the Siwoos, the Henleys, the plays that everyone's going to there. So crazy enough for a week that gets almost two weeks of content, which you're pretty dialed into, and then everyone's all over the major. It almost feels like a lazy week because everyone the group think is just so heavy that almost everyone's on the same guys. And when you go back historically and look at the U.S. Open of all the major, I guess the Masters kind of is, is more of an example of this because you have guys that are historically good at the Masters. You just kind of have to pick and choose in the 6K range which one it's going to be. It was like Phil this year, Charles two years mm-hmm. ago, like just random old dudes that do well. But by and large, the U.S. Open is the most generous to the 6K range, I've found. 
Yeah, well, it, it, yes and no. The reason people will say no is because obviously you get the AMs and the qualifiers, and when you get down there, it's tough. But usually, like you said, there is even go back. I think we were teasing a pre-show is like the year. Remember Xander? It was like the Xander Shoffle Trey Mullinex coming out party. Somebody played eighty or eighty-five percent of each of them, ended up winning the twenty-dollar Millie Maker that year. Now it's twenty-five, of course, this year. But just in general, uh, you can find plays like that. There's definitely guys in the six Ks that will show up. So I think going away from that completely is is off. Like there's definitely I've got at least 15 to discuss. I won't have them all, but just to say there's there's definitely guys you can play down there and it's not that much different playing two guys from 6800 than it is going to 7170. People argue yes on paper these guys look better sure, but when they come with 15% ownership and these guys down there are 1% or 2%, I have no problem just moving off and going to some of those guys instead. Nick Hardy, MJ Duffy, and there was someone else last year. I think Duffy ended up slipping on Sunday, but Hardy finished inside the top 10, I think, coming in. So worth noting, something to look at. The weather in Los Angeles is very nice because it's Los Angeles, although it's been <laughs> raining there a ton this year. Not so much this week. Don't see it much in the forecast, but I don't see any, like, yes, the wind picks up a little bit more on Thursday afternoon, but it doesn't seem substantial enough to be like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. you need you need to target the p.m. wave, it's going to be, or the a.m. wave, it's going to be, like, consistently 8 in the morning, and and that's gusts, and then gusts up to, like, 13 in the afternoon, like, no big deal. Yeah, I don't think there's much there, but again, I always will say it, I play the p.m. a.m. guys because I like that. So, one interesting note is, and you know, that's sort of just a set that I build in, but one interesting note is there's a lot of sort of the chalk you can get off if you go to that, like, Xander is in the a.m., Scotty's in the a.m., uh, just going through it, and I'll, I'll explain in one more second, but there was another guy there that was uh, Fleetwood AM. A, lo- a lot of the guys that you see people going to are, are in the morning, AM, PM wave, and what I always talk about for those that are new or watching for the first time is that the, especially at a U.S. Open, man, it's tough to grind that cut number. So when you get there in the afternoon and you're three, four over coming into the round, you know you just got to have a, one good round and you make the cut. And then you start making mistakes along the way. It trickles away from you. Somehow it's just a, you know, it's the game of golf. It's a mental game. It can get away from you quickly. And then you see guys just slip down the stretch. So I have no problem if you want to stack aside to go some PMAM just to alleviate some of the natural chalk. You'll be doing the showdown shows on Mayo Media Network on Thursday night and Friday night. For Thursday, going into round two, do you exclusively target the AM wave? No, not always, but we've definitely had good success. Last year at the PGA Championship, that was a little bit more of a wave advantage, though, because there was actual wind, weather, etc. But the same thing here. Was, we were going to talk about this. Everyone says how fast and firm it is out there. It's going to play that way. It's the USGA. What, what would you expect different? So this is the setup where sometimes it, you know, it gets a little hotter. It bakes out a little more. It's harder to make that cut line. People make mistakes, all of that. I definitely love targeting the AM just in general any given week, but especially at majors. All right. One and done picks. We uh, we had the guy in the playoff last week. Unfortunately, he was watching the playoff because <laughs> we had Shane Lowry. Uh, it was, I mean, where we're out of the money, I think it was still good strategy because he was very lowly owned. We just needed him to come through. Yeah, That's the hard part, as I'm finding out with this, that we need these guys to actually come through for us, and that's not happening right now. So here <laughs> are our options for the U.S. Open. Brooks, Victor, Cam Smith are our best three players remaining. We've used everyone else at this point. Bryson, Fleetwood, and then it's like Rose, Connor, Day, Ricky, like that range of guy. Yeah, this might surprise you because we just talked outside before the show, but the uh, the Brooks one feels chasey. I, I feel like you almost have to in some case. People are going to do it. So it. It's the better spot for him. You're not, if you're not, yeah, you, guys, you hey, missed you, him last you're one. You're going to use him here or you're going to use him at the Open? Although his joke that you'll see at the Travelers next week to the media was quite funny yesterday with all that's going on, but it's for another show. But in general, uh, Kemp Smith, 
might be the one that's a little bit more interesting here. What's the ownership difference, though? Or like, the, sorry, what people have left on uh, Kepka versus Cam? Kepka, seventy-seven percent of people have him remaining, and Cam Smith, eighty-six percent. So, so I, well, it's I, close. I think Kepka is the one that drops like a rock this week. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, the spot coming off I, the major wins. So. It's funny, like looking. Like if you were just to go into this without doing any research and overthinking everything, like who would be the two most popular bets of the week coming in? If you just asked my dad, who just kind of Kepka, Kepka and Hovland, yeah. I think would be the two, right? I yeah, think we both I, have- I think so. I mean, Kepka for sure, but Kep, but Hovland, uh, we'll, we'll talk about him after. I guess I was more, I'm more interested in your Cam Smith sales pitch because I didn't love him. You talked about him a little outside. We we were talking about it. The reason I don't want to go Kepka is not just to fade him because of that, but whatever. But at the end of the day, if we need to make up ground, and we do, even though there's more people that have Cam Smith left, I think it's just going to be huge of that 77% that hop on Brooks this week because they missed the PGA Championship. It's the last one they want before the Open. It makes more sense. So it's just the obvious. But what do you love about Cam Smith here? Because I wasn't super high on him coming in besides some ownership thoughts and some creativity and things like that. But give give, give your Cam Smith spiel. Well, I have two things on it. And if the biggest drawback to Cam Smith is that when you historically look at the U.S. Open and U.S. Open winners, by and large, they are fantastic drivers of the ball. Cam Smith is not a fantastic driver of the ball. So that's inherently problematic mm-hmm. when we first start thinking about it. However, I think I, I will stand by the claim, but I think that once you get off the tee, he's the best player in the world. He's like good speed. Yeah. More consistent good speed. Yeah, consistent yeah. good speed. Like, the approach play is amazing. The around the green is amazing. The putting is amazing. Uh, I mean, that can always flip back the other way. The but hair, the moxie, just being able to get the job done. What he did at the Open last year was very impressive. So It, it was. Players, too. So, when you take a look at this course, I think two things really stick out to me. One is that the fairways are really wide, and but you need to be able to put it into the certain place that you don't get a runoff into the rough. And then, you know, just because they're 40 yards wide doesn't mean everyone's going to hit fairways. Mm-hmm. So that could really be a problem for him when it comes down to it. However, when you take a look at these fairways, and they're quite contoured and quite angled, you're not going to get a flat lie at all on this course. And I'm just trying to rack my brain, like, what are the other courses that are like that? Well, Kapalua is like that. The John Deere Classic is like that. The Masters is like that. And St. Andrews is like that. Most of the Open Championship venues are very much like that. Well, he won Kapalua last year. He won the Open Championship last year, has one of the better track records at the Masters of any of these guys. And if this really does become a putting contest, which a lot of people are saying that it might be because these greens are so big that you're going to have a lot of these like 80-foot putts that you need to lag up. And then you have to make your seven-footer for par over and over. When you like make the short list of guys that I trust to do that, whether he does it or not is kind of irrelevant because we're trying to make picks beforehand, that Cam Smith has to be at the top of that list. Yeah, I definitely agree with all that. I mean, so you did a good sell, sell job there because in general, um, you know, putting all those courses together, the course comps you mentioned, just again, the other factor of par is a number of being a good score in, in most cases that he can find that way. If he's in a spot where he's not supposed to be, he, he actually isn't some guy that I expect. So, for example, we'll get to DFS later. This ties into it, though, is Hatton is 8,900. Cam Smith is nine. It looks like Cam Smith could be half the ownership or somewhere six to seven percent underneath him. If Hatton gets in a bad place, I know he's coming off an incredible round and some some incredible stuff in these events that are tougher fields, stronger fields, harder courses, but he's a guy that I could see just freaking out versus Cam Smith will just find his shot out, take his medicine and move on. And if he just chips away at it, he can find his way back into the mix. So I, I, I can definitely be sold and when we get to it later, but for one and done, I feel good about that. Who's the one other guy you said we had Hovland? Yeah. Where are we at on that? Because that's a good discussion to start, start off because he's going to be a topic of discussion later anyway. He's 
remaining. So oh. inevitably, he's mm. not going, like, he can't be that highly owned when you take a look at some of the other options around him. It's just like if you had Cantlay left. Like, Cantlay would be a great play this week. Not that I love Cantlay, but he's only available in 15% of leagues now. Like, just no one has access to him in the one-and-done. So fewer people have access to him in the one-and-done than a lot of the top-end players in terms of Hovland. The problem is, of those 36%, probably like 70% are going to use Hovland because this is their spot to use him. Yeah. I think I'm more sold on Smith. Yeah. I just I think that... When you break it down, and, you know, very good sell job by me on it, obviously. You know, I've been working on some of these numbers and trying to construct, oh. construct the good argument I'm for excited it. for the rest of the show now. That was a good, that was a hot start. The problem is, like I said, like, if this just turns into you need to be awesome off the tee box to win, and that's the only chance you have, be it like a winged foot or, hell, what was last year? Brookline. Brookline. Brookline wasn't as bad, but uh, it did translate that way. I was thinking uh, when Brooks won. Um, shit. Shinnecock Hills. Mm-hmm. Like, that was one where you had to be awesome off the tee. Like, everyone at the top of the leaderboard were great drivers of the ball. If this one can just be a little bit different, and we've seen that sometimes from first-time venues, that I think that all of a sudden Cam Smith's skill set becomes the skill set that you might want to have. Yeah, one thing's nice. I did run a couple different things coming into this show just to be ready for it and looked at sort of the, your classic, what we would expect, versus let's change it up and say this new venue is way more about the accuracy, way more about the around-the-green scrambling, that sort of stuff. Cam Smith does rate out pretty similar in both, surprisingly, even though he should be a little more to that one. It's just this is all, as of late, all that stuff. So it, it's he stays. The difference is some guys drop off um, completely. Like There's some guys that go way down. There's some guys that go way up. So um, the ones that go down, of course, are those sort of value plays down at the bottom, that are, you know, not, they're, they're all driver. They're all off the tee. They're all that, to your point, of building that way. So I have no problem if people go that way as well this week. If you want to do the old Ben Raza and build in sets and just say, I'm going to build some skill set lineups, let's trust that it is a standard style U.S. Open. The off the tee is very important. Let's just say that's the way it happens here. But at the at the same time, the other side looks uh, pretty appetizing. And someone like Scotty somehow gets even better, right, yeah. if it becomes that. so like, If you just want to do the pure off the tee, hard course type player here's your lineup scotty bryson keith mitchell woodland luke list Cantley. yeah and uh, bryson's a great example of someone who i think is getting a little love this week is being talked about well there's two reasons for that though one is it's the u.s open so off the sure. tee makes a lot of sense i think he has come inside the top 10 of two of the past three majors he was top 10 at st andrews last year i think people forget that yeah I think he was just top 10 at oak hill and then there's been so much brought up about how this is a real thinking man's course like you need a real strategy here and the one thing that i do like about bryson is that he approaches every event like that he's not right a lot of the time i was with gonna his, say with the yeah. strategy but he always does have a strategy where i feel like scotty scheffler has no strategy He's just like, I'm going to hit as far as I can, and it's probably going to go straight, and well, maybe I can make some putts. And that works out much better because he's a lot better. But I do think that, I mean, we saw it at Winged Foot, and, have, and we saw it at API one year as well with thick Bermuda rough like we're going to see this week with Bryson. But if he picks a strategy that works, he'll probably be the only guy with that strategy. Yeah, it's if he gets it right. That's it, it, I just don't remember. Really, he's sort of like a GPP player in a lot of ways. Like, ah, you know, between these two guys, like, I think they're kind of similar. This guy might be a little bit better, but he's eight times his own. I'll take the other guy. That's kind of Bryson's strategy. Man, just on fire right now from the Cam Smith sell job to now the GPP player analogy is exactly it, though. Because, like I said, if he picks the strategy, he knows he's getting it wrong a bunch of the times. But when he's right, 
wins API, wins the U.S. Open with his strategy of not just bulking up and getting that way, but then just bomb and gouging the, the hell out of that place. So I think in general, that's my thought. But like you said, someone that just falls off a cliff when you go away from that model to now you need everything with it. And some of the stuff too, we've seen them at courses. You, isn't it Cap? I think it was Kapalua where everyone was like setting Bryson up that year. Like, oh, with elevation and his math and the, the mad scientist, he's going to figure this all out. And then it was horrendous. So like you said, sometimes the strategy works, sometimes it doesn't, but that would be an example. And Cam Smith's sort of good no matter what across the board. So that's what I really like about him is that if it does play, because we've seen him compete at Riviera as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not the, it's the same city. It's the same course designer. There's going to be crossover elements of it. But Ricky Fowler was talking about yesterday that they have that, I think it's number 15, number 14, the really short par three, that they have a pin in a certain position. He's like, I'm just going to lay up. Yeah, yeah. he said he was going to do it. I think a couple guys said that, and people are like, you got to place the pin this way. I can't wait to see this because it's going to be so awesome. I'm excited to watch this one. But, that's a, but that's a real strategy, though. Like, if yeah. you think a hole that short, you need, like, that's a birdie hole. you got to go with the birdie hole. But if Ricky's like, yeah, but you might be able to birdie it, but you might birdie it one of 10 times, or you might triple bogey it That's four a, out of 10 times. Yeah. Why not just lay up and make par? <laughs> and if you get lucky, yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you, but the um, the, the setup is going to be awesome either way. I was going to ask you something else, actually. The other one I wanted to hit you up before because we didn't talk about it yet was the Fleetwood versus Rose last week. And the answer was both? Yeah, who's the, who is that? If that was a segment this week, who would that be? Because I was just going to say, is it, Spieth, is it Smith, who we're on topic Sp- of, versus Spieth? Well, I think if you're building it that way, I mean, they do have very comparable skill sets, I think. Like, yeah. Spieth is better off the tee. Like, Spieth has actually gotten good off the tee yeah. over the past year and a half or so now that his swing changes. It's funny when we think about these swing changes because Ricky went through the same thing. Like, I think it was three years ago, two and a half years ago, he went through the swing change to adapt his game, and he was just dog shit for 18 months. And now mm-hmm. he's, like, kind of good again. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened to Spieth. Like, he changed his swing, and he was horrible. And then it kind of worked, and now he's it's he's improved. Like, he doesn't quite have the approach game he, he's lost some of the magic beans on the greens he still has the magic beans chipping but the, the putter just isn't great like it used to be yeah but that happens like Webb Simpson at one point was the best putter in the world and then he was the worst putter in the world and then all of a sudden he was the best putter in the world again yeah, once, once he went to the long one they took away the long one he went to the short one and then all of a sudden it clicked back for him Adam Scott's another one like he's a good putter now He's been a little more consistent right now, too. Him and Siwoo are two guys right now that have definitely been more consistent than what you would usually expect. But that's what I was just thinking of when you said the Cam Smith thing and we were on that note. I was going to say the, the him versus him, and it's the setup of who would be the guys that are the same, probably, and just play both. Spieth is another guy that rates out. Actually gets a little bit better when we move to the accuracy plus scrambling. Really? Plus all yeah, that. Yeah, plus scrambling, yeah. That's why. It's just because of that. Again, all it's all going to come down to who makes the putts there. But that kind of little trio range of Spieth, Smith, and even Fitzpatrick in there who's the defending U.S. Open champion, much different course, but just in general, that actually is quite interesting when you think of guys above like Xander, Homa, Rory, Hovland, Cantlay, what everyone else is going to be looking at there. Those those three guys could all really pop. You, this is tough for me because I know I'm going to end up talking myself into playing him because I'm going to do a few. Listen, I think he'd be crazy. If this ends up playing difficult in like minus seven, minus six is the winning score, which I think that most people are predicting. Only Cust is the one predicting it's like minus 17 or something like that. But I mean, listen, if he's right, then it's a completely different style of player that we should have been targeting the entire time. And maybe that's a different angle that you want to take. But Brooks's strategy, like, the setup is going to be in such a way that there's going to be absolute sucker pins on this course, and you just can't hit the ball near it. You Mm -hmm. need to hit it to 30 feet, 
maybe you make your putt, like whatever, you just two putt for par, move on, try to score on the par fives or that short par four, whatever it might be. Brooks is never tempted by a sucker pin. Mm-hmm. He's just going to hit it to the middle of the green and two putt. And he makes some long putts. Like DJ's kind of the same way too. And that's what I worry about with Scheffler and Cam Smith in a weird way is that they're just going to fire at the pits because that's what they do. Yeah. I mean, with Scheffler, I think he gets away with a lot more because he's so good. What he's been doing, right? You talk about really, it's not even a strategy. When you know you're that good, you just play your game. But for Cam, I guess that could be a takeaway. But I think wrapping up the one and done conversation, I'm more than comfortable with him, even though he's 10 or 11% higher, whatever it was, than Brooks. Brooks gets used so heavily this week for good reason. But I think we go with Cam Smith. I saved Rom for this spot for my three man with Jeff. Just I like Rom the best of all the top guys. Yeah. I, I think that he kind of fits that formula too of. Rom, Rom is Rom, sort of a hybrid between Brooks and Scotty in a weird way because his talent level is, you know, him and Scotty are probably the two mo- and Rory, I guess. But Rom is like the the thinking man, Scotty. Though to your point, they're yeah. going to go back to the U.S. Open when he buried Louis out of that bunker. That's pretty crazy decision to make, but he just knew it was the right one. And everyone gives him shit for being a head case, but that's a little bit in the past now. He still gets fired up. He's, he's won two majors. Since he's then. a fi- yeah, he's a fiery dude. I'm just saying, but obviously the talent is uh, unheard of up there with Scotty. It's back and forth, but he does. He is very good at getting around these courses and just thinking it through. The Memorial was like a T 16. People are going to talk about Scotty's putter. I think Rom lost three strokes Six. on Saturday. Uh, yeah. On oh, Saturday, just yeah. on Saturday. I'm saying it. Yeah. And throughout. So, you know, this is exactly the setup that you want for those guys. It's hard to make a case there. It really is about when we talk through that range of Brooks, Cantlay, Hovland, when you have Scotty and Rom right there at the top. Yeah, I'm looking right now as strokes gain short game sorted on fantasynational.com. I am giving away a free membership yearly to fantasynational.com. It's the same way that you get into it. You sub to the channel. The newsletter with all the final bets and more info is coming out later on this evening. That's free to subscribe to down in the comments section right now and in the description. Uh, that gets you eight ballots in the draw. But again, the Apple reviews, the Spotify reviews, those get you 15 apiece to go to. So please go sub, rate, and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast and get in that all and the winner on that but i'm looking at it past 24 rounds on courses that play difficult relative to par before i forget taylor montgomery was the guy i was going to bring up for for just as a random guy to play that no one is playing if it's if off the tee means everything and putting means everything like those are literally the only two things that he does well what's his pricing in i think it's 74 I deleted him off my sheet, so I'd have to add him back. Yeah, so past 24 rounds, difficult relative to par courses. Strokes gain, short game, which accounts for around the green plus putting. And I don't know how much around the green is going to make a difference this week because you might just find yourself in the world's worst lie, and then there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that can happen here, and people have already talked about it, that that's going to be the case. Some of these, the the ball you saw, like I know that we do the the old disappearing act of everything and all the the Twitter videos and stuff that people have to show off the rough, but there's definitely players that have already commented on that fact that there's going to be some luck factor to what your lie is in these spots. So, I mean, it's pretty standard at U.S. Opens, but especially um, something like this where the rough is the way it is. So I think that's, uh, you know, just one of the things when you go out to these places. So here are the guys that perform the best in those situations, chipping and putting. Day, Spenson, Fleetwood, Putnam, Cam Smith, Taylor Montgomery, Justin Suh, Max Homa, Rory, Denny, Bryson is the top of that list. Then Wyndham Clark. There he is. Hmm. Then you got your Hattons, Shoffley, Thigala, Burns, Hovland, Rose, Keegan. I love Keegan this week, by the way. Patrick Reed is another one, another guy that I'm most definitely playing. Fitzpatrick, Finau, uh, Taylor Moore. Taylor Moore is actually very interesting, I think, 
we were on him at Oak Hill, and I think that he, I mean, he did play really well until Sunday, and I think he shot like 85. Oh, yeah, that's what's funny, because you said 7,400 for Taylor Montgomery, and I was like, oh, I got another Taylor Moe there, and it's that's who I had start up. It's the same price, 7,400, Taylor Moore. Montgomery versus Moore is the answer to play them both. Is that the answer? Oh, gosh. Is this the play them both spot? Man, nobody's going to be on either of these guys. Just a a note there. We're talking 2% or less probably on both. Yeah, but it's been, for him all year, it's been great driver of the ball, great on the greens. He's around like field average chipping, and the the approach goes like really bad to really good. There doesn't seem to be much of an in-between. So if you can catch him on a good week, how much are you putting stock into? I don't want to say that like, oh, Max Coma holds the course record. So obviously he's a good play. I don't think that hurts him though. Like it it now, like the narrative has shifted because I mean, he does have two top tens in his past three starts, but he's not the guy that we saw earlier on this year that it almost seems to be being held against him at this point. Which is really bizarre. Like, at least, like, the Gallus played this course 30 times. I think that's an advantage. I'm sorry. Like, just sure. playing a course, if this isn't the first time you've ever seen it, I feel like that's an advantage. I value 30 rounds on the course, if true, versus he shot a 61 here one time. I mean, but he's also playing. Mean, it's Max Homa. I don't, if you want to play him at 10% or 8% or whatever he comes in at, it makes sense. I get it. I'm saying, but that narrative is probably the worst one versus when, like you said, when someone's seen it 30 times versus somebody one time went out and shot a 61. Sure, a but course, he did play the tournament here. I'm sure he's played it outside of Well, that even tournament. then, here's the other angle. People talk, oh, Walker Cup. And, and then Morikawa came out and said, he's like, it's not even close to the same setup at all. Well, it won't be because it's Walker, USGA. Which, but, right. but, but the difference is going to be, like, there's minute differences in that. Like, the rough length is going to be different. The pins are going to be different. But you'd be hard-pressed to say there is no advantage of someone having seen a course a bunch, at least in a competitive scenario, even if some of the elements are a little bit different, yeah. rather than, hey, I just showed up this week. It's the first time I'm seeing it. Course history can matter in certain places, especially matters at certain tournaments like the Masters. We talk about it at the Sony Open, things like that. But I'm just saying when Max Homa's T10 on Saturday or something, people are like, see, they told you the guy that had the course record would come out and play good. It's like, that's not why yeah, he came out and played it's good. It's probably because he's playing well. He's but, just playing good golf. Yeah, but, but, but I, he, I do hear where you're coming from. But and, even if it's something as simple as, hey, I've played eight rounds here before. I know you can't hit it over there. And, that's you, and you'll never see it, but that might save you a shot or two throughout the course of the first two rounds. And that helps you make the cut. Like, I think there is some value to that knowledge. Yeah, it, there definitely is. Thigal is a good conversation piece. He's at 7,600. I like him, too. I like know, that middle. I, I like him anyway, though, but you and I literally had this conversation last week, talking about when, when we thought. I mean, early on last week, uh, we recorded a little bit earlier last week. By Wednesday, it changed gears when I talked on the show on Ship It Nation. We did talk about how the scoring looked like it was going to be a little bit harder than what it was originally thought to be at the start of the week. But Thigala is six bogeys, six birdies, break even not ideal when the winning score is going to be 20 under and he hadn't had great results at John Deere and some of these tougher places or sorry these uh, easier courses but at tougher courses he was showing up and doing well and that's the same thing here if he wants to go out and put up a couple double bogeys and then make four birdies and get back to even that's going to play just fine here and find his way up and then he only really needs one good day after he makes the cut over the weekend to squeak his way up the board and at 7600 I think he can do that the 30 rounds in hand would definitely help his case. Let's go to birdies and bogeys on fantasynational.com slash mayo to get that 20% off. Smash the like if you're watching live out here as well, or even if you're not watching live, you still smash the like anyway. Average per round on difficult courses, birdies or better gain. Oh, Barclay Brown in one round is top of the field. That's great news. <laughs> the Gala's number two. Yeah, there you go. It's the Gala, Scotty, Rory, Hovland, Wyndham Clark, Neiman, Keegan. Neiman, man. Neiman keeps popping up, I love too. Neiman this week, man. He's going to shoot, like, a million over par, but I just love him. 
Yeah, it's worth. It. It's not like you have to factor in too much. It's boom bust at seventy seven hundred or whatever he, he is. If he hadn't went to live, how much do you think his salary would be this week? Um, I don't I know. They like always he, underpriced him anyway. But I know, it, but I feel like he'd be high eights. I feel like he'd be in that Finau, Lowry, Matsuyama mm, type range. I don't but just like it. Cam Smith, like if Cam Smith hadn't gone to live, he'd be a ten k player this week. It would have depended a lot on what they did in between. Sure. But Neiman does feel right here, to be honest, either or. Because I, I just can't put I, I, Here's the crazy part. is like JT, Finau, Hatton range. Could Neiman get in there? Maybe, but I well, don't know. Well, think about it this way. Like, Cam Young has been shit for three months. And he's still $8,000. Then maybe I'm just being more sold on the fact that these guys in the 8K range seem underpriced. Like, Finau and JT are 87 and 8,800. And then Fleetwood, Connors, Neiman... Who else? Keegan? I don't know. You like Keegan, but just something like th- these guys are only a thousand less or worse in some cases. You know what I mean? Fleet- Fleetwood's 79. Justin Thomas is 8,700. One guy's never even won on the PGA Tour, still lost another one last week and choked it away, playing absolutely ridiculously bad. On it's played the same way. I don't care what people say. Like four, you got to switch it up a little bit <laughs> in that spot. It ain't working. And then you go back, and now you got JT at 8,700, and it looks like almost nobody wants to play him. Two-time major winner, like I, I don't know. This that just makes me think that. And then you talked earlier about how people just aren't going to this 8K range. And even right there, I think people are much more t- likely to go to Hideki or Hatton in that spot. So JT Finau, two of the guys that stand out there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've started the discussion about DraftKings. Pricing. I always try and start it. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so, so do I. No, because so I, I, I think it's a part of the conversation that we were having For anyway. Sure. We just kind of translated into two minutes of one and done to 20 minutes of DraftKings. But when people go to the time codes, if they want to rewind about 15 minutes, they'll probably find more DraftKings talk or after the advertisement for <laughs> Factor. Go to fa- Factor, was it Factor Foods? Whatever it is. It's a new uh, new meal kit, and it's like super. One thing I've been having like problems with with meal kits is, yeah, it's nice that it gets delivered to your door and everything. You still got to spend like thirty minutes cooking it. Factor, not not at all. Does Factor come with a very supportive wife? It does that- come with a very supportive wife, but it's all like when they send you the the peppers for some of them. Like you got to cut up the peppers and you got to oh, yeah. do this. That's all done for you with Factor. So oh, I like that. Fa- Mayo fifty is the code. You get fifty percent off your first order. If people are curious about that, I love meal kits because. Yeah. No, I don't want to be running to the grocery store. We, every we do it day. four out of five for Monday to Friday and the weekend just figure yeah, it out. If you're five. busy, it's perfect. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, I kind of compared it to like Netflix where you can sit there on Netflix. And there's a great Arnold documentary on Netflix. Three-parter. Okay. Highly recommend. I'm in the Very Conor good. McGregor one right now. McGregor forever. But I'll go to no, that fuck next. Conor McGregor. You want the Arnold? Get in the chopper. <laughs> All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. So 
you can, but if you don't know what you want to watch on Netflix, right? That it might take you an hour to pick something. Oh yeah. I find the same thing happens to me with dinner. Like my wife and I will talk about, do you want this? No. Do you want this? No. It's like, okay, let's order. Do you want Indian? No. Like I always want Chinese. She hates Chinese food. So we never <laughs> order Chinese, but I always bring it up. Yeah. And then like, we spend like an hour trying to pick something to eat. At least when you get the meal kit sent to you, you've pre-picked it. So you're like, oh, Monday, that one. And they're good options, and they're healthy, and it's the right serving size. Groceries are already expensive, so there you go. There's the promo. I like it. I'm in four or five nights of the week. That's what we're doing. I just am very lucky and thankful to have Megan, who's upstairs, making it for me while I'm working, and then I can pop up and eat it and say hi to the kids and then go back down to work. So works out good that way. I do want to throw out that I thought this week of U.S. Open shows was by far our best for the major championship so far this year. <laughs> did you like Kenny's story? Kenny's story was amazing. <laughs> he does, he tells them the disclaimer that it's to hide your kids, hide your wife, everything, the ears. Tells the story that definitely that was suited for. Inserts one small segment and then goes right back to describing the greens here as <laughs> the cock and balls. So yeah, Kenny, classic stuff. Fantasy Golf Degenerates. Check it out if you haven't already. For sure. Uh, factormeals.com slash mayo50 is uh, to get 50% off your first box is the way you want to do it. Get your box. <laughs> Don't get kicked in the box. Get a box sent to your house. Factormeals.com slash mayo50. And I got one. I'm recording tomorrow morning with uh, my old instructor from college about the athletic layoffs of people and just layoffs in sports media in general. So it's completely change of pace <laughs> for the show tomorrow. But uh, he's been through a lot of these rounds. He was the managing editor at Yahoo Sports for a long time. So he's got some real insight to that. I'm very happy to be able to pick his brain about that. So if that's something people want to tune into, like I said, it's not going to be U.S. Open picks. No. U.S. Open has started, but you need something to listen to. Highly recommend that you do it. Then sub, rate, and review the audio podcast. Instructor we'll of what exactly? Uh, he was the new media instructor when I was, oh, in, awesome. when, when okay, I was in college. Cool. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a good one. And then, of course, get your round two showdown show. Yeah, round two showdown and then round three showdown along with the Cut Sweat Live. We got it all going on for you. It's a good week. This week. So I'll tell you the DraftKings lineup that I made. Because right. I, always, I always tell you, I have that free contest that I play in with like a league of people. Build it before you forget it. Yeah. Build it. First thing, like I get sent the email. It's like, I'm going to go just fill out a lineup. Okay. So, because I've missed it like three times already this year. Yeah. Because it, it gets put down at the bottom of my app screen that I just forget about it. The only thing is it comes out after you record your research video where you are, you have delved into Fantasy National a little bit already. Yeah. Like I know, like okay. I had my idea of what I want to do, okay. but it's like before like you and I talk and I don't really finalize any of my lineups until you and I talk. So what's the first thoughts, Pat Mayo lineup of the week? John Rom. Okay. Uh, basically, I, the four guys I bet to win are all in the lineup, which I think is, you know, I like to do that mm -hmm. if I'm going to bet on them to win. I know it's not always the same thing, but Rom, Cam Smith, Neiman, Amito, Fleetwood, and Justin Suh was my first thought of the week. And that's before I thought about ownership, anything like that. Just give me what are my first thoughts? How does this fit? Who do I like? And those are the ones. I'm an idiot. Let me flip this. I'll be there in a second. You're there? I'll be there in a second. So it was... Rom? Yeah, I got, I got the first five. I'll figure in Fleetwood. I got them all. Just going to enter them quickly, and then we'll compare off of this one as we go through the rest. Suh was an interesting play coming into the week, too. I think he would have been a lot more. Uh, it doesn't look like he's getting any ownership. We thought he was going to be owned at that price point, but I also thought he would have been like 6,800. I like him this week. And then the two Chilean sensations, Neiman and Mito. All right, we got it. We're in. Ownership's not that high on it either, overall. I, I wouldn't think so because Rom instead of Scotty is saving you a little <laughs> bit. Um, I don't know how Neiman is going to be versus some of the other guys in his range. Sub 10%. Yeah. So you're fine. And like Mito's going to be owned, but it's not like he's 20% owned. 
And yeah. so, like you said, it's not really coming in. Tommy's probably the only one that's – even him, it wasn't going to be like 13% owned. Uh, much I think higher than that. Higher than that? Yeah. Like I could switch on to Connors or Tom Kim or Rose. You don't have to, though. Like, no. again, like you said, you're already different there. But, I def- yeah, I definitely have Tommy in pushing 17 to 20. Thigala instead of Fowler is the play of the week, I think. Or both? Or both, maybe. Like, it's not that I dislike Ricky, but Ricky's going to be more than double his ownership. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Thigala actually compete in some Ooh, of these. Ooh, you want to know what's crazy about that lineup you just built? Okay, let's hear it. We just drop the ownership down from Fleetwood to Thigala. And then we can go up from Sir? No, you go Rom up to Scheffler. Well, I know, but I want to play Rom. All right, well, then let's <laughs> go off of Sir. If he's the next guy in line that you'd be willing to cut... Oh, it's only it's a hundred bucks short of doing what we just said and playing both of them, which was Ricky. But you can go to I, I can get Taylor Montgomery. Taylor Moore or Taylor Montgomery. Yeah, I'd like to get up to I mean, I would like to get that extra hundred dollars or two hundred dollars to get up to either Keegan or Reed in this lineup. Reed over Fowler. Yeah. Yeah. So that's you need the you just need a hundred dollars. So can we drop Mito? Can we just keep can we drop Mito, keep Sir, and then get up to Patrick Reed? Yes. So drop Mito, keeps. Uh, I mean, I like Sergio down here too at uh, seven thousand dollars. So you, that's a way to get up to the seventy six if you really wanted to do it. But now it's Rom, Cam Smith, the Gallo, Neiman, uh, and Patrick Reed. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think you need to again just to, to hash this out again. That I don't think that you need to use the seven thousand dollar like number as a line of demarcation between good plays and bad plays or safe plays and risky plays. Like there are guys in the high $6,000 area that are legitimately yeah. no different than the They're guys. They're preaching this forever. That's what people do though. And like <laughs> people are literally going into their optimizers in some cases and limiting the amount of 6K guys they can get, like building a group and saying at most one, I don't want any more because they're 6K. It has nothing to like 67 through 69 is the same. Even this week, DraftKings jammed 16 guys with the addition of Emiliano Grillo at 7,000 just to 7,100. So just those two price points have 16 guys at them. So it's like they just can't fit anymore. But these guys at 6,900, like Kucher, could be 7,200 here. And I wouldn't blink. He's 6,900. That's an example. Why would you be limiting your 6K guys to one 6K guy when it really has nothing to do with the price denoted beside their name? So I don't know. Well, you said you had like basically made 15 stars on guys in the 6K range. Yeah. So let's talk about those guys. Some guys that I'm looking at. So Kucher leads it off. The just, cream of Samia? Just talked about that. I mean, Kucher's another guy that we talked about. Uh, Sibu Kim, Adam Scott, guys that have uh, Ricky Fowler having a little bit more consistency this year. Kucher has actually been doing it as well. And then you think of some of the, the classic setups, the thinking man's courses, things like that. He can definitely find his way around. And especially if it's not going to just be off the tee, drivers only, et cetera, et cetera. Did you see, I saw uh, Torpex Joe uh, tweeted this out, like retweeted it, that Kucher's former caddy is doing like USGA and Golf Channel, like live breakdowns of the hole. It was fucking incredible. John Wood? I don't know who it was. I, think, I forget who it is. Yeah. I think I did see this. Yeah, he was, he was breaking down the drivable par four and like the different spots where you can hit it and the different options that you have with the different pin plays. And I was like, make this a show every week yeah. where this guy just walks the course and gives me all 18 holes. Like, yeah. This would be fucking fantastic. I'm I would sure watch that, that every single time. <laughs> the players love it too, man. You get out there and get, that's the guys that have no experience on the course that can go and take away from that. It's back to your DFS analogy of Bryson being a DFS player. In this case, a GPP player. I think that's what a lot of good DFS players do. They listen to the content to find out what everybody else is doing, what you can do, and how it shapes out. And then they go and apply that. And, and that's really what I think that they're doing there. So that, that's good stuff. He was on the list. Patrick Rogers, I think, will get some ownership, but he's definitely being you know brought up. Harmon, if you want another grinder type like Kucher. And good, then it, good U.S. Open history, too, weirdly enough, for Brian Harmon. 
I think it's just the fact that, like you said, when you're, you know, you talked about Cam Smith, again, this is priced into this guy at 6,900. But if you have a guy that just needs to make these five to seven footers, typically won't always work, but it's not, it's a guy that you can just go to there and he just grinds his way through, man. So you got to think about that. What, what do you make of Kitayama? Liked him more to start. Him and So were two guys I like to start the week a little bit more that I don't know why specifically that I would be off. They're, it's not like they're getting a bunch of ownership or anything like that. Kitayama's take is that he won API. And then also at the, top five at the PGA, PGA Championship, Championship, he was part of that. Him and uh, Cam Davis, Sepp Straka, I think were the three that like grinded their and, way into the final Cam, at the and end. And Cam Smith. And Cam Smith. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking value plays that found their way up the board but, on Sunday because position placement points are so important in these. I just look at the course. I mean, he didn't play well at Wells Fargo. He missed the cut there. It wasn't easy. There's a reason that he's down here in pricing. But he fits the mold of great drivers. He's, I mean, he's been bad lately, but historically he actually has been quite good off the tee. Mm-hmm. But if he can get the putter rolling, like the approach play can get crazy good. He played well earlier this year. In uh, He played well at Pebble. Yeah. So California bit. But like long, hard courses, have, I mean, Arnold Palmer and PGA Championship. If you want to know if he can lag it, go watch that uh, the last putt before the winning putt at the API. Remember that? He almost, he almost drained it. So, so Nick I'm, Taylor, by the way, maybe we get on his 72-foot eagle. He's up there. But no, going back down, uh, I think people go to Peters. I like Peters. He, lo- he looks fine. A Moronk. I understand the field got a lot stronger, but almost a, what is it, $1,900 price drop? I'm in. Okay. I'm Sold. In. Uh, Mac and- Hughes? No. He's been so bad. He would fit the grinder mold of like the Harmon Kuchar, even though that's not exactly what he is, I'm saying, but he's he's kind of, people will say he's like a cheaper speed. We always call him the Canadian speed. He's going to find the magic beans, mix his way around here. Wouldn't, you know, and he makes the long putts. So really he would fit that mold. What is he, 6,600? Yeah. I might take another look. The only reason is, do you see, what do you see the ownership on Sam Stevens? It's difficult. Not enough to matter, but I'm no, just curious. I was going to say like 4%. Is what my guess would like I'm playing Sam Stevens. Like Fantasy National has him at seven percent. But that's because people ran stats on Fantasy National and when they looked at it, it's like, holy shit, this guy's Pops. good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he also can't chip or putt, so keep that in mind. He's kinda like Luke List in a lot oh, of yeah, ways. Oh yeah, he definitely fits the uh, off the T model only that we were talking about earlier, and but he, he takes a bit of a, a drop off when I, you switch it up. So. I'm looking at the Fantasy National simulator right now, and if we just do let's say top twenties. And, and sort then, by and top. I got one more. But so, yeah. so, okay, give me the one more. Uh, Andrew Putnam, you mentioned him on some list earlier. Another guy that already fit the uh, a little bit of the first model, but really fits it when you switch it up to the accuracy, the around the greens, the putter, that sort of thing. So um, I, I don't mind him, and he has that PMT time if I'm targeting some of those lineups where I like to get a guy that can just grind the cut on Friday morning. So in a 1,000 simulations run at this course for the U.S. Open, it's going to give you the guys that you think that are going to be good at the top. It's you know, Scheffler's far and away better than everyone else and then it's rom who's far and away better than everyone else and it's like xander Cantley, morikawa hovland justin thomas are like the next tier of guys JT. that the simulator loves then you go down it's like rory hideki bryson day neiman is actually up there quite a bit uh, adam scott and then sam stevens is the best of the 6k guys i think the simulator always likes him it does but it makes, but it makes sense i get it uh munoz is another one that the simulator really likes first round leader bet Probably should get in on that. Who are some other six k like, Then there's like Carson Young, Taylor Pendrith, uh, Gordon Sargent. <laughs> not going not to do that one. We can go back to the well on him at 61. And then Wilco. Ninabar. We were talking about before the show as well because Sky had brought him up. Yeah. I think, again, he's definitely more of just the bomb, bombs away and see what happens. How much is uh, Taylor Pendrith? I think I deleted him too and went with the other TP, Thomas Peters. I believe he's $6,900. All right. I'm going to add him back to look at him, focus in a little yeah. bit more. 6900 
this afternoon. How owned do you think the Patrick Rogers gets? Five uh, percent. Okay, that's not bad. Not not enough to care, but I get it. People say in this range, no matter what, just avoid it. So. Yeah, but I don't think to you each your own. You definitely don't have to, but I'm just saying. Like, like when again. when you go back and look at like millionaire maker winning lineups, how many times is like the point two guy in there? Rarely. Yeah. Well, it's all, almost it's because the point two guy is a point two guy. No one played him, so it's hard for them to get in there, even if they are that, because then you need everything else to go perfect. Which is why oftentimes it doesn't make a lot of sense. I understand some people in their portfolio of MME lineups will put those guys in because if you do get that outlier. And the rest of your core that you were actually heavier on at the top, your 20 to 30% guys hit, that is the outlier that changes the game for you. Like, I don't know at the PGA Championship what Kitayama or, for example, Straka, probably a better example. Who, who played Straka at the PGA Championship? I don't remember many playing him, but he definitely grinded his way into a top seven or something there. And at these events, this one, the most essential for this is the position placement points are just so important that it's whoever, you know, has that lucky Saturday, Sunday type push to get into the mix, it's skill, but I'm saying like you're for you, you need to get lucky that have those guys in your pool in the right lineup with the rest of the guys and then have the winner hit plus that to be a lineup that wins the million dollars or something. So Seb Straka, 0.5% owned at the PGA championship. Right. And I would have to go back and look. I know Rick posts out the optimal and stuff like that. Like what ended up actually being because but, but, the other guys were but there. I, I mean, I, I like that we can go and look at the optimal, but I don't think it's super instructive to look at the optimal because no one's no. building the optimal. Well, exactly that. I just meant like, if that's the whole point and why, like you said, back to the 0.2% factor, it's just not many people are going there, but then people ask all the time. You get this question. I get this question so often. How many people should be in my player pool for my 150 max for this Millie maker or whatever? And the answer is, it could as many be as you want. <laughs> yeah, like it's if you the guys that have ninety five guys have these outliers, and if that is the case, that again they probably still didn't get to the optimal. But if if they got the right version of that Sepp Straka lineup by having one to two percent of him, and he fell into the right lineup, that's why you would see those get to the top. And people say, "How the heck did that person know to have Sepp Straka?" They probably didn't. They just had him in the pool and let him slide in. I think a better, <clears throat> a more in-depth, sorry, not better, but in-depth discussion about this. I had Brian Hooper on about two weeks ago. Brick and 75. He, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he talked about this because he's, he just runs simulations and trusts his numbers and tries, to, I, I asked him, I was like, you know, at the PGA Championship, how many guys did you have in your player pool maxing 150? He's like, I don't know, like 75. <laughs> yeah. He, do, he doesn't mind. I'm a big fan of his. He says he's a big fan of mine. He said he does care about me. When I say nobody cares, work harder. He says, I care. See, Tambo is nice such a him. nice guy. But he, he does talk about this quite often. Watch the Lol Show. Watch some of his stuff. Anytime he gets on and does it, obviously an incredible DFS player. But he mentioned that I think he does kick out some of the percentage guys. But I think he said, if I recall correctly, in golf, he doesn't. it doesn't matter as much because, like I said, he might just find that outlier. But in some of the other sports now, it's like, why bother yeah. having this guy for just you know the 1%? He'll, he'll sometimes just manually adjust that. So... Always looking to learn. That's the, the best part with this game. It's with golf, with DFS, with anything in life. I think just trying to get better at it and find your way, that's what it's all about. So, Is Adam Shank too obvious of a good play at 6800 bucks? Yeah, I think he's fine. He's going to fit into my pool. I, he was another guy I had down here start up. Again, late add to yeah. the pool. But he's uh, like, 1% to 2% like right Fantasy now. National, again, is showing him at a good percentage because mm. users are using Adam Shank. I don't think that's going to be necessarily indicative of what his overall percentage is going to be. I think he's going to be like 3%. Not, also, I think the eight. way, correct me if I'm wrong, and it's a good system, but like the, when they star it, he's going to show up. But when they actually build, so here, they may not get him into their builds because they're staying away from the 6K range. So it should be a delta there of people that actually like him and are like, let me look into this guy more. I like his stats. Maybe I'll play some of him versus how do the roster constructions actually set up. As you and I have seen, most of them end in that 7K range. 
If you wanted to fade the bottom of the 7K range and just play the t- upper end 6K guys, you can take whoever you want this week. Hmm. I have the other take. I'm opposite of you. Really? You think that if you play the lower seven guys, you get different at the top? Well, there's just so many more. Like, the when you look at the top, you only have Fleetwood. He's getting ownership for sure. Connors somewhere. Oh, no. Top. I don't mean of the seven K. I mean, at the top of, like... The total board? You could play, like, Scheffler, Spieth, but you're using, I don't know, Putnam and Peters, and you're fine. That That's one lineup <laughs> when we go to construction that I was going to talk to you about, is if you go, like, your guys that you like, even Rom, Cam Smith... We could go back to it and do it, really. That well, was what I was going to show I, you. I wanted to finish off of the 6Ks before we got to that. Okay. I was just going to say quickly then is that if you do that, for example, Rom Smith ends in 7,500 average. So people just, what 7K guys do I love? If you get into the 8Ks, which going extremely overlooked, you land in these 6Ks where we just name these guys. So go back to it. But I'm just saying that's why I got no problem with that build. And that's a different style build. So over 11,000 lineups have been generated so far on FantasyNational.com. And this is the information you get when you're a member, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, to get that 20% off and to get in the draw to win a free annual membership, giving away that on Monday, that Shank is starred by, where is it here? It's a lot. 23% of members have favorited Adam Shank this week. He has been generated of those 11,000 lineups and only 6% of them. And that's among the members who, when you're looking at it, it's like, holy shit. It's like Sam Stevens. It's like, mm-hmm. this guy's numbers look really good. Let's use him. That I think, again, it's probably going to be lower than 6%. Yeah, if you give him like three or four, three and a half or something, if you want to do that. There's still a delta there too because the setup of they generated it, but they might generate 100 and take 20. Or yes. they might be generating 20 to pick one or something like that. So That, yeah. I, that I can't do. I play every lineup I generate. Oh, you got the FOMO when you build it out? Oh, yeah. You, you would hate to see what others do then. Some people generate thousands of lineups and then just rand, take their 150 yeah. out of it or whatever, and yeah. you get a, a percentage that still gives you similar exposures. But yeah, this is a interesting topic. But so, I, I think let's say even if he's at 3.5% or 4 who cares? Like if you like him, play him. So of my 6K guys that we talked about, um, here's my list. It's a very it's a shorter list because I don't obviously don't play as many guys as you do. Uh, Michael Kim at sixty nine hundred dollars. I do like. I think he's just playing well. And a guy who won at uh, TPC Deer Run. Not afraid of some of these uneven lies. And I think he's some experience at the course as well. But just his game is back. Twitter <laughs> Twitter game is strong. Uh, his Twitter game is very strong. Patrick Rogers, Adam Shank, Kitayama, Moronk, and Peters, Sam Stevens, and I will be playing Sam Bennett. I will not. Sixty five hundred bucks. I think when we take a look at the U.S. Open next year, Sam Bennett is probably going to be like an $8,000 player. I think that he's wow. legitimately good. $8,000 next year. I think that year. he is going to be a good PGA Tour player. <laughs> he's acquitted himself very well in the bigger tournament so far this year, and his biggest strength is driving the ball. That if that's what we're going with, and that is going to be sort of the out not the outlier, but that's a differentiator between a lot of these guys. We know he can run it hot. He made the cut at the U.S. Open last year. He came inside Man. the top 50. I think that he allows you to really, like, you don't need to use him, I think, unless you're using Scotty Rom, Scotty Brooks, Rom Brooks, or two guys above $10,000. I think he makes that work. And I've watched Rom as an amateur play really well at the U.S. Open, the year that DJ won. I watched Morikawa and Hovland play really well as amateurs at the U.S. Open. When you get these hyped guys that are either turning professional, their their last start as an amateur. It's like, what if Aberg was in this field? Now, Aberg's a better player than Bennett, but he'd probably be like $7,400, and we'd be thinking, probably pretty good here. I, I would definitely be more interested in that. But, but he'd uh, be $1,000 more. Sargent is 400 less. Yeah, but Sargent's not good. Well, he's not good. Okay. <laughs> 
We'll see about that. I'll say this. Uh, you said it's a thinking man's course. Well, Sam Bennett does a lot of thinking because he takes a long time he to hit his shots. But you could argue that the other way is if he gets out of his element here on some of these spots and then the clock starts ticking and he's taking his time with it, I don't know if he's going to be in the mix. I just don't understand. Like, this range has definitely got better guys. Like, there's legit dudes. Kirk Kitayama, you just talked about, is yeah, only that's 300 not, that's, bucks that, more. I know not, you're playing that, them too. But that's but. not the range, though. That's $300 more. Like, you need someone $6,500 and below to make some of these super stacks work? It's most certainly the range when it's literally the difference of Scotty versus Rom. It's 300 bucks. But, I, but that might be a decision that people don't want to make. People might say, hey, I yeah. want Scotty. I don't want Rom. I would rather take Bennett instead of taking Kitayama. Like, that trade-off's not worth it to me. I, a lot of people go through that. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> That's not what I go through. So I'm just saying that's the, the difference maker. I would still call it in the same range. But even then, I'm, I still like some of your other calls that you had around there better. Like you, you mentioned, um, who's the other guy? You said Moronk, 200 bucks. I guess if you won't give me that either, that's 200 bucks. But my point is there's other players there that I would go to instead. Okay, of Sam let, let me ask you this. You, you have a five-guy lineup that you really like, and you have $6,500 for a last spot. Yeah. So you can have $6,500 and below. If you're talking about, I mean, Wilco's down there. We mentioned Wilco. Mm-hmm. He could be the answer to this. You probably don't want Stuart Sink. I think that the popular answer is going to be Dylan. Woo! Yeah, I would play him, too, over him. I don't know if I like Woo here. I, I would play him over him. But again, this is the number one thing that I think people can take away, and there's definitely newer people watching this and people that are looking to get better at DFS, as we just chatted about earlier. That's the whole point. You never are forced to pick it. Oh, I'm I'm on this guy, but who can I pick? I I only have this left. No, you don't. You have a lineup that is not submitted yet. You can literally change anything. What you should be doing, especially in single entry, all the stuff and taking away from these shows that you and I do, people say they love it because we'll balance these and look at 2v2s and see them all. You should be doing that with your own lineup in making those comparisons, finding out where you're comfortable and what you're putting your money behind and roll from there so to your point if i was forced which you forced me in times and make me make a choice yeah i would go woo over him still but i would just get my lineup different i would go um Wilco. you just wouldn't use any of them uh, yeah or i would build differently like i said i would just look to make the 2v2 that moves off it and i would get up to, uh, to your kitayama point even if even if you're right and it's not the same range because technically it's not 300 bucks more it may not be the Rom to Scheffler one. Maybe it's the Fleetwood to Thigala one who we talked yeah. about or something like that. And like those to me are same spots and maybe better based on the, the thought process of ownership and setting it up that way. So uh, I just think that's how I would look at it differently. But you did a good je- a good sell job on Cam Smith. Bennett, not as good well. sell job. I'm just not sold. You're so not sold. Go ahead. Good sell job. I'm not sold. I'm just trying to hand out SJs over here. It's all I'm oh, trying gosh. to do. Uh, Paul ran a poll in the live chat that's going on right now. It was, did you tell Top Cat's tip of bet on Albatross? Yes, at 16 to 1. Uh, with a resounding 94%, no, Cust is a lunatic, was the winner. Okay. That's- Which means Cust wins the poll because he got 6%. Yeah. Paul. Uh, since I dropped that into our group chat, it's 88 88- to 12 so i have to assume you know what show me show me your fucking tickets that you bet on there's gonna be an albatross no but i I have to assume (laughs) that uh that cuss sent his bots in to do the to do the work to try to get his bots that's why there's no more live bots because they're all cussed bots now yeah they vote in his polls for him (laughs) and that's it Oh, God, this is too much. I can't wait to see that people will bet it though and if that happens twitter's gonna explode oh man if cuss has some pretty I will give him, I mean, I don't want to give him any credit until any of the stuff actually happens, but all of his takes are just in the face of what everyone else's takes are this week. 
that if he's right, we're never going to hear the end. Like, he'll ride that for 10 years. That he was kind of right about the 2023. He's still touting his Hideki winner at the players. The year yeah. it got canceled. First round leader. He went, the first round wasn't even over yet. Dominant first round performance is the Yeah, win. he was up by one. He's like, well, how could he lose? Well, what if we get the Sam Bennett albatross this week now? Well. After everything that's been said and done here. So we'll see what happens. Cust is going to be uh, having a good week, though, if, if Clark comes through because that's his main dude. It is. So in terms of ownership, before we get to some of the lineup construction and then the Q&A period, if you've asked your question, well, you can fuck off. You can ask it again because I'm not scrolling back to the very top yeah. and trying to go through everything. I'll let you know when you drop your questions in. Then we'll be fine on that front. Uh, to take a look at the 6K range, the most owned, or at least the ones generating the most interest. We didn't talk about Ekrot, who I think actually could be quite good here. Eric Cole is getting a ton of love. Don't see that here. I took that one off my list. I do have... Uh... What was Ekrot's price again? Uh, 7000 7000 for Ekrot. Yeah, Nicole. sorry. We were at sixes. Yeah, he's, he's there at 7000 for me. Because I, I think Minwoo is really popular here, uh, like I, for the price range. I see. I'm not saying that. That's what I would have expected, but I'm seeing Ekrot and Cole garnering more ownership right now. Yeah, Minwoo is a vastly superior player than those two guys. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, Ekrot two years from now will be as good as Minwoo. Minwoo's like a top 40 player in the world. <laughs> Well, that and how well he's done in the majors, the big spots, all that stuff. He's come through plenty of times. Mito at 7,200 is another guy I like here that's solid. Cam Davis, uh, this was an interesting one for me. He's seven, again, we're moving up a little bit, but just to say, if, compared to Eric Cole and the guys you're talking about, if they beat me, they just I just move on. Like, that's what happens. They do pop up, though, in the list of oh, sure. good iron play recently and all that. Short game, it, putting, yeah. But it doesn't necessarily translate to U.S. Open, regardless of accuracy style us open versus bomb and gouge or whatever my point is still there's a lot more that goes into it than just that so i'm gonna say it that way but i I definitely think there's some better guys that you could go to here i mean eric cole is like living off gaining four strokes a week chipping he's been pretty good man he has has been pretty impressive sure but i'm just saying i think there's a different setup here there's a different standard to what you're going into and playing here that that's where i'm just going to take try to trust it like even if you want to take a shot on gary woodland Russell Henley, ownership, McCarthy, ownership, Ryan Fox. We've played him in the past. Seb Straka. I, I like Ryan Fox. Yeah, sure. These, these are probably better plays. That's what <laughs> I'm saying, that you're, you're just getting a little bit more out of your, your plays in this range than some of these guys that are just popular because of recent form. So it's difficult to gauge what the actual number is going to be on ownership, but these are the 6K guys garnering attention, at least, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now, uh, over the other ones. Kucher, Hadwin, Patrick Rogers, who's above those guys, Putnam, <laughs> Shank, who's a little bit above those guys. Uh, Sam Stevens, who's a little bit above those guys. Sam Bennett, uh, who's kind of on that level, but most certainly will not be as popular as Fantasy National is showing. And those are the guys. And Dylan Wu at $6,400. What about your guy, Lucas? Iber? I mean, he's kind of like the international but more successful version of Eric Cole, isn't he? <laughs> That's actually a good one. Um, the yeah, he's uh, 6700. I just thought he was one that really got crushed. If you go to like, like the the um, accuracy model, oh yeah. <laughs> but if you want to go back to the off the tee model and just have some of that stuff fitting, I don't in even there. think he's like. Not only is he not accurate, I don't think he's long either. It's not that. It's just yeah, more when you factor in like the the more U.S. Open style than. If it's going to be, or sorry, I should say the classic U.S. Open style versus if it's going to be more of the accuracy setup, he did pop a little bit more for me there. He's one that gets a, a heavy drop off if you go to the other side. Let's build some lineups. Let's build some Scotty lineups because Scotty is projected to be the highest owned from the very top end. A lot of people are starting. 25% of the field is going to start with Scotty Scheffler. So let's try to build the most common Scotty Scheffler lineup and work backwards from there. I think it's Scheffler Spieth. Hmm. 
Okay. That leaves do, us do, you, do you see it differently? Like it, I actually don't. We didn't talk enough about this, but I don't know. Some of these things are interesting to me. Rory seems to be coming in a little lower than what you might think. Rory might drop below 10%, I think. I don't think about that, but I definitely think the the Xander stuff has got a bit much, so Xander's picking up steam heavily. And Hovland I, versus Cantlay is also interesting. I like your take. I, I think you're right that Cantlay will end up being higher owned than Hovland. Yeah, that's my take, right? So here's the thing. Everyone I know that's sharp and that's on it, and I was thinking the same way as saying, like, let's get off Hovland here. Let's move away from him, and I'm all I'm fine with that. And you could this doesn't mean you have to play Hovland instead. I'm saying that the thought process is that let me just hop on a low owned Cantlay, and all I keep seeing is people saying that. And now I also see on the projection sites and things out there where Cantlay is definitely um, rating out better. So maybe it's only in the higher stakes. Maybe not. The, maybe the twenty five dollar milli has a little bit closer. But I actually think we could see where Cantlay comes in at fifteen to sixteen, and Hovland comes in at fourteen to fifteen. Versus, I think people have it right now as like, like 12 to, to 13 versus 20. 16 to 17. And that's just not how I see it. So um, that's my first hot take. The same thing is I think Rory gets affected by that because while people are deciding on Cantlay versus Hovland, we also know they're playing Xander. And at the start of the week, I would have thought Rory's 20 plus. Now it looks like it's more 15 to 20 leaning to the higher side of that 17, 18 range. And, and whatever you make of, whether you want to use Rory or not, it was the ownership is vastly affected by what happened on Sunday in Canada. If he wins, yeah, then he's totally twenty five percent. Yeah, totally different story here. And that's not to say there's not ways you can play those guys. I'm just saying in general that's a, a thought I was having there. And then Spieth was one I was going to bring up. It's not that he's still going to be higher owned than Homa, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, and Cam Smith. But what does he really actually get to? Is my 15, question probably? That's I have him at fourteen and a half right now. So yes. So so do you think Scheffler Xander is the start that people are going with? I think so. That's okay. you, you walked into it. That's where I was going with it. Okay. So, so Scheffler Xander, and uh, also because what it leaves, it leaves you seventy two fifty, which means you can. So I think it's like to me. I, I'm just saying what I think is common is like a a Denny, Mito, uh, Siwoo, Mito, Denny, or Henley. Henley fits in this mold. I think he fits in the exact build almost. So it leaves 200 to play around with whoever you think I got wrong. Denny, Henley. Siwoo Mito is where I was aiming, but I think um, Siwoo could go up to a $7,500 guy like Ricky. Oh, I think that's what people would do. If people have a chance to play yeah. Ricky, they're going to play Ricky. And this projects like 45 points over here, original lineup. So this is definitely what people are doing. It projects yeah. that way because oh, it's the popular plays for, for good reason. But I think that's the, the setup here. So Scotty. Xander, and then you go Ricky, Mito, Denny, Henley. There's your cash game lineup that people will plug in, and it probably does well. I mean, it's the U.S. Open. These are guys that can come through, but uh, I, I just think there's other ways you can get different with this, like I said, but this is the common type build. 8K range gets skipped. 6K range gets skipped. That's why I said if you go back to your original build, I don't know how quick you want to jump off it, but I'm saying to convert this lineup, Scotty to Rom is fine, but even if you left it as Scotty, Take Xander down to Cam Smith. Take your 7K guys completely out. Pick your two favorite 6Ks and then see where it lands you in the 8K if you can set it up that way. So Xander down to Cam Smith. And then the 6K, let's use Shank. Okay, I like it because he's a guy we actually said that people clearly like but are not, they're talking about it or being about it. They're talking about more than they're being about it. They're talking about it. It's hitting up in the numbers. Are they actually clicking it and going through? So I like that call. So Scheffler, Cam Smith, Shank, We have I took out Ricky. So you take out Ricky. Now you have 7,500. Now if you do want, I mean, this lineup is 
off we're getting off the beaten path anyway but if you include lowry or sungjay or dustin or sam burns into this lineup Mm -hmm. your lineup is completely unique now who do you like in the 8k range it's a good conversation to have right now no one no one likes any of the 8k guys i don't like any of them do you i do yeah who are the ones you like i I like fino i like jt okay and then 87 um, you know, I always like Sungjae. That can get me into trouble, but uh, he's a guy that really pops if we go to this accuracy model. And again, people just you know loved him weeks ago. He literally wins in Korea, falls off the map for a couple of weeks. People get all pissed off, and now for whatever reason, he looks like he's going to be ten percent or less. So I don't mind him. I, I think I would feel the best about Lowry or Dustin. I was just going to say the last one I was going to say is I can't get a feel for this one is DJ at eighty three hundred. Just take the guys that have consistently performed well at U.S. Opens. Yeah. Do you like DJ? I was going to say if no, you had to pick No, I, I don't like any of these guys. That's a problem. See, I, I could go to that. If we go to DJ in that lineup, you land in the same thing. You can play like Siwoo and yeah, your you, favorite $7,200 guy. You can get rid of Denny, who I don't like, and get up to one of the Taylors. I mean, Taylor Montgomery, Taylor Moore, Nick Taylor. I think or I you can go play. to Siwoo or Mito again. I think I would play Mito Siwoo there. Mito Siwoo? I would, yeah, I'd rather play Siwoo than Henley. Yeah, I think that's the play. I, I like this one. So it's Scotty, Cam Smith, DJ, Mito, Siwoo, Shank. And the difference is instead of four 7K Ooh, guys. Oh, I got it. What is it? Take out. You don't use Mito and you don't use Siwoo. Okay. You turn that like Henley Denny guy into Patrick Rogers. And then you get Thie Galler or Keegan. I'll take Thie Galler. I'll take Thie Galler. So Scheffler, Cam, Thie Galler, Rogers, Shank, Dustin. Yeah, I I like it. I think um, one other build I was going to look at there, though, was if we can take... We'll leave Shank for the sake of this one, but let's take... I mean, insert 68 dollars $6,900 $6, player. Well, I want to see more like if you go... Cam Young is a $6,500 guy. Carson Young. No, no, no. I'm saying if I go... Sorry, what I meant to say is if I go Cam Young in that build oh. that we just did and take out uh, Patrick Rogers and... Who is the seven kick guy? Thigala. Cam yeah. Ro- if I take out Rogers and Thigala. Sam Bennett is your answer. You you went with Sam Bennett. So let me look at this. My one Sam Bennett lineup that I'll run. It Sheff- lands me on Cam Young. It does. Scheffler, Cam Smith, Cam Young, Dustin, Shank, Sam Bennett. All right. Project's horrible because of Sam Bennett. Yeah, Sam Bennett's great. No. Don't worry about it. If he's great, you get him. But uh you, yeah. you wait for his T thirty six. What what about Jason Day? I don't know. Like they, they're just if you can pick right, I, I do really think. I think I wrote this on Monday, like or as soon as the pricing came out, and put it in the newsletter that if you can pick right in this eight K range, especially this low, like Hideki from eight K to Hideki, mm-hmm. like because people are going to use Hideki. If you can get the right guy from there, I think that's where you win the million dollars. Yeah. What? If, what if? Um... But I, I couldn't tell you which one is which. <laughs> Man, I was just thinking, what, what if you take out Cam Smith? This is another angle I looked at earlier, because I think people, if they do get off these guys at the top, they're looking at more of what's the three 9K guys I can use. And if it's Rory, Xander, Spieth, see, see, I, some combination of the low guys to we'll, fit one in. We'll get to that because I, I have a Super Smash 9K that I love. Okay, let's do that in one second. I just want to see if we go three 8K guys here. You don't have to be on Bennett. We can leave Shank. We can leave DJ. Okay, so get rid of Bennett. Get rid of Cam Smith is what you're saying. Go go Scotty, DJ, Shank, and let's pick two 8K guys. So we can get... I mean, Justin Thomas makes the most sense, yeah. but he has been like legitimately bad. 
And so I talked about this, and I think that's, you know, to cut you off, but just to say it, is like everyone's the 50 to 1, it's auto bet, it's this, that. I don't think so as much as at, on DK at 8,700. He's literally just above the average price. You can find a guy that can definitely find his way around, can make less mistakes, can do whatever. Top 5, top 10, it would not surprise you. If he wins, you want to have that ticket in hand. Of course you do. I'm just saying it's not the case that he's 9,600 or 9,900 and we have to make a decision. He's he's 8,700. Like uh, of, of the bottom guys of the 8K range, I think it would be Dustin and Lowry for me. Okay. And then we need a $6,300 guy. Why do we need a 6,300? Well, no, because I was keeping Shank in there, but I also could take Scotty to have a, We can have a $7,000 guy. Scheffler, Lowry, Dustin, Cam Young. Should no, we? I'm saying what people are definitely not doing that I'm going to do is I'm going to play three 8K guys and no 7K guys. Well, that is a three. Oh, well, I mean, that, that puts you exactly at 7K. I, no, I have Scheffler. Yeah. Then I have Justin Thomas. Oh, you have Lowry, Thomas. DJ, oh, okay. Shank. So you turn Cam Young into DJ. Yes, okay. and it leaves me at 6,300. But I think now at 66, if I go to Rom, I thought there was somebody we liked at 66 quite a bit. Yeah, there is. Sam Stevens is there. Yeah, where's he at? 6,600. Yeah, that's the one. So if you go that, listen, it's Rom, JT, Shane Lowry, Dustin Johnson, Shank, and Stevens. And $6,800 could be somebody else, too, if you didn't like Shank there. It could be your Kitty-Kitty-Yama and Stevens. Yeah, or you could, if you like Sam Bennett, you could go Sam Bennett, Patrick Rogers, if you wanted to. Yeah. So there's, play, there's ways to play it. I'm like just saying Maronk that's... is there as well. That's a lineup. So what we just said, this is the conversion of lineup construction, just talking it through, is what we said. The first lineup that made the most sense and pops on paper is the Scheffler... With Xander, and then four 7K guys that are all popular. I get it. Most people that are playing tournaments at a higher level know not to do that or will find a different way around it. But the key component was absolutely zero 8K guys, absolutely zero 6K guys. We've now went to the 11K guy. We just went to ROM for this example. You can go back and switch stuff around. Um, but when you set it up this way, you now have three 8Ks, two 6Ks. You have no 7s, no 9s. You just flip the build and it's not really that different. You didn't dumpster dive too far. We went to some of the guys that could have been at 68 or 69 or 7K in some cases with Kitayama or something. And then the 8K guys, if they pop for you, you're way different than everybody else with this build. Who was our favorite 71? 7, Actually, no, I like Sergio, so I can put Sergio in. So what do you make of this line? If you can punch this in, it's not going to rate out well. But th this is the build that I want to do, and I want to keep these top two guys locked in and then figure out the rest around them. Okay. Raman Brooks. Didn't talk a lot about Brooks yet. Yeah, go no, ahead. I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing Brooks. I didn't bet Brooks because you know it's hard to fill out a betting card when you have Rom already on it. Yes. But Rom and Brooks together, and then it leaves me like Moronk, Kitayama, Sergio, and Keegan Bradley. What about Thigala? Or Thigala? I just we use Thigala in the other examples. We use Keegan in this one because I like them both, and I'm playing them both. The Yala Keegan going to be the, the one? I'll probably play them, yeah. Play them both? Together. Is that, that the one? Yeah, that, that's um, fine. Like I said, so this one skips the nines and the eights completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it allows me Robin Brooks. And and when you go back and look at U.S. Opens, you usually it's like, yeah, you can have an outlier winner, but you usually see two of the super studs up there. And you're just kind of banking that Scotty putts poorly enough that he's not second place and like then all of a sudden you need him over these guys yeah it's really the position placement points like you could definitely see a, you could literally see a rom brooks duel and fit scotty in the mold and other guys and can't like whatever you want to say yeah. my point is if you get the duel though 
you got to have the other four guys come with for some sort of placement points. So you have to really decide, in your case, the Sam Bennett example, just going back to it, we'll use this. We've used it on other major shows where the strategy is you're saying, I could really see this guy being a lot more next year. I would take the under on 8K if mm-hmm. we bet it today, but I'm you're just saying. You're probably right. I'd probably need odds on that. But the point is, yeah, you'd need odds on that. But the point is, if you see that, at least you're, if you feel that way, if, if Mito's your guy or if Denny is your guy, you're like, I can't believe they still price this guy down here. He's been so good on fast and firm. He's been so good in these designated events, etc. Then when you fit those in, you don't feel like they're the guy that you're needing to come through for you. You just, they do need to come through for you, obviously, but I'm saying they're the guy you don't feel like is the one you're counting on in this lineup, Moronk, Sergio, Kiriyama. It's how do you feel about those? I know we talked about liking Kiriyama. We definitely talked about liking Thigala. You really only have the two in Sergio Moronk. And again, you probably have stronger feelings on, but my point is if you have those two that you need to come through, it's not as bad as if your lineup is Patrick Rogers, Lucas Herbert, whatever, and then two other guys, you're like, ah, if it works, so if those guys, you know, if I get the two winners in Scheffler and Rom, I'm good. You're probably not good. Like that that's where the mistakes get made. Well, I think you can get away if like if you can isolate whatever the duel is, whether it's Rory Scheffler, whatever it might be, and your worst guy who allowed you to create that lineup does come like T29. I think that still would be good. You're, oh, you're crushing. I'm yeah. saying that's, but getting that out of certain combinations when people are doing, if they, if, Wil, if Wilco gets thrown in there, a Sergeant Wilco to make it work in the sense of a 6100 and a $6,300 or $6,400 guy. I you were making a Sergeant Bilko reference, but you're just talking about Sergeant and Wilco. <laughs> Sergeant and Wilco. <laughs> Sergeant Wilco. Oh, man. If you do that, though, I'm saying you're already hindering yourself. Yes, it's going to look awesome up top when you get Ram and Scheffler. But you're already probably in a bad spot just by how you started the lineup. We don't know what's going to happen. We just know some of the odds and things that get factored into it. it it's less likely to happen than you'd think in most cases. You so, need the perfect storm. The Xander Mullinex example I gave earlier. You, yeah. you just need that to happen. Oh, absolutely. So I want to build one more before we get to the Q&A session. 9K smash? 9K smash to see what that looks like balanced wise. Because I want to see if I can fit this all. I haven't built it yet, but I have an idea in mind of what I want to do. That if I take three 9K guys, especially bottom 9K guys, okay. that can I fit in the Gala, Keegan, and Neiman with them? Is it Homakawa? It was going to start Homakawa, Cam Smith. All right. Homakawa, Cam Smith. No, I don't have enough. Can't fit Neiman, Bradley, Sergio. Neiman, Bradley, Sergio? Yeah. Well, that's not bad. What if I do Thigala Bradley? I like Neiman better than both those guys. But. Then you get your uh, $7,100 guy. So, oh, uh, Justin Suh. Neiman, Thigala. No, that's no, no, I lied. Sorry. We, yeah, I thought it's... you were taking Neiman down. That's my bad. It's, no, we, uh... we, we're, we we're left with 7,000. So it would be Sergio. I... But what about the lineup you just said by accident? Because <laughs> we did say that it could end up being those two. And if you go Homa, Kawa, Smith, Thigala, Keegan, Justin Suh. See, that's what I'm saying about that lineup. If you don't have the, yes, you don't get the duel of Rom Scheffler, but guess what? They dueled on Sunday at the Memorial. Unfortunately, it was about 10 groups back or whatever. <laughs> so that's, this is the duel you might be looking for if the duel ends up being Cam Smith and Colin Morikawa coming down the stretch. And then your worst guy, you have Keegan Bradley, you have Thigala, you, your worst guy in is Justin Suh who you feel pretty good about that. That's what I'm saying. If you, again, you need things to go your way. This is way more likely to go your way than the Wilco Sergeant. We'll switch the, the form up on that one. Yeah, so you, right. you, don't, you so, want to confuse me too much. That's right. But that, you know what I mean? That, this is just a prime example of it. Again, it's balanced versus not, but this has no 11K, no 10K, no 8K, no 6K. And it's low on 9K guys. So this, this is the type of build. If you're going to go balanced, that can get you different. Oh my God. 
Since Cust has picked both Mito and Neiman, there's been three earthquakes in Chile. <laughs> Gosh. Jesus the Christ. stuff that happens, man, this guy. Uh, just very quickly before we get to the Q&A, how do you feel that you don't, you're not going to play Homa? Are you going to play Morikawa? Because I am unconcerned about his back. I'm, yeah, I have no concerns there. He himself said there's no concerns there. We talked about it before. About, you mentioned it, I think, either last, uh, the, the earlier show or something that we did. I forget what it was when you talked about the spasms, what a spasm actually is, and it just happens. That's why he literally could not play golf on that Sunday. But we don't know how quickly it was, it was back. It could have been back the next day. And he's fine. It's just one of those things where you couldn't play through it. So definitely interested in him, much less interested in Homa. I like Kawa. Well, what is it against Homa that you have this week? Just, it's like, really what, just what? Where, where he's at. The range, 9,400. Again, people say he's won, so, so have other guys. He hasn't won majors. Call him out more. Kawa has two. Spieth has m- multiple majors. Fitzpatrick's the defending U.S. Open champion. Xander, I think, gets a major before Homa. If he doesn't, so be it. But Xander's got his own U.S. Open record. And then Rory McIlroy at $9,900 with now it looks like sub 20 not saying that makes it good but just saying it look definitely makes it better than how it could have looked coming into this week had he have won on sunday or something like that so to me it's more of the range show me something he does not pop even when i switch up models he ends up staying almost the same whereas morikawa gets much better spieth actually gets much better um even xander goes up slightly all that stuff so i just you know it's really just that he's only he's still coming in eight to ten percent you can play a low-owned homa and the cali kid and once set a course record here back in the day hey, don't forget this is all the stuff that we laughed at last year at the u.s open it turned out the one guy who had played there before was the guy who won yeah <laughs> someone said that too different different circumstance i think no it's be. not it's just he didn't have to go against francois umlet so maybe, he was maybe fine. maybe better narrative literally staying with the same family on the same course all that I stuff can just stay at his house yeah he shot one time he showed up there for a round and shot a 61 that's not why he's doing well on sunday when he's doing well after we I make fun of him, personally. I'm playing Max yeah. Homa. So we're going to get to the Q&A now, so continue to load your questions into the chat. You need to be subbed to Mayo Media Network in order to ask your question. Time permitting, we'll try to do all of these. I have another hit in like an hour and a half that I have to do, but you know, we're probably not going to spend 90 minutes doing hmm. questions. I can assure you and the viewers of that, but please, we're going to try to get to as many as possible. So we'll try to rapid fire and bounce some more ideas off each other a little bit. Uh, as a reminder, I am giving away $500 in cash to one of you out there. So please, even if you, uh, I mean, listen, everyone, not everyone has an iPhone, but you know, everyone has a phone. So you're either using Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast right now. Download the episodes while you're there as well. That gives you 15 ballots apiece into that draw for the $500 giveaway that I'll be announcing on Monday. And fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20% off. And by doing those things, along with subscribing to the free newsletter down in the description, that you will get more ballots into the draw and you might win a free annual membership, but you need to be a member to get in that draw already. Johnny Newman is first up here. First one I'm seeing. Rank these 7.5K guys and above. No, it's a list of like nine guys. Yeah, he's yeah, that's a joke. So it's not, but no, it's Johnny Newman's football. I think on I, Twitter. I don't know who that is. I know who he is. He's, he's you're probably, like in 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 touch with all these Twitter people, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I know my people. I know I know the people that'll come through and watch the show live at 9:30 a.m. Eastern, and he's trying to get you to set me up for a failure again on a ranking system. Okay, so let's do it this way: Rose or Fleetwood? Rose. Rose or Adam Scott? That one's closer, but I'd probably still stay Rose. Rose or Ricky Fowler? Hmm. Damn. Uh, Rose. Rose or Wyndham Clark? Definitely Rose. Rose or Bryson? Rose. Rose or Connors? 
Rose. Rose or the Gala? Eh, I, I like the Oliver Turner's, but still Rose. Rose or Patrick Reed? Similar answer to the last one. Still Rose. So, I, so I like Rose. So you I mean, like Rose the best. We didn't mention Corey Connors, who could be pretty good. He plays these. He plays majors really well. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's fine. Uh, I don't mind him. He's at 7,800. No one else is really playing anyone there. You're playing Fleetwood or you're playing guys. If you are getting the guys in the 8K range, if not, you're going down to Rose, Bryson, that. It's just that whole range, you, you've got to be probably sprinkling these guys in. I like who you mentioned, Keegan, Thigala. Ricky's got high ownership, but for good reason. He's been playing really good golf lately. Reed on longer, tough courses, creativeness, that sort of stuff. So it's a lot of good tournament plays there, but I think Rose still would be at the top. Get your questions in now before we run out of time. And don't get yourself banned for life. I want questions. I don't really care about your opinions on things. Just need questions. Uh, let's see. I think Sungjae is interesting after he... That's not a fucking question! Oh, my God. This is why I stopped doing the live show. <laughs> Idiots. Just, go ahead. Uh, Mito seems to be super talked up this week. Is he warranted? I don't think he's going to end up... A, as popular he i think he's popular amongst us who play a lot talk about golf a lot when you get like random guy who enters millionaire maker he's not clicking Mito Pereira. i think he's 12 to 15 percent this week i i would say i would guess more 12 than 15 okay and if he dropped below 10 i wouldn't be super stunned if he drops below 10 i like him even more but yeah i, I definitely think he's in play this week for sure lowry and day or young and hideki Lowry and Day or Young and Hideki? Lowry Day. Lowry Day. I think I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Good week to avoid aggressive putters on these large greens. For example, Killa Keith, who constantly puts himself six to air, three to six feet past the hole after his first putt. I actually do. I think great weight is something. That's very hard to gauge, though. I was just going to say, I don't know where. Statistically. I mean, you can look at spectrum data for stuff like that. Yeah. We're working on it right now to try to filter it through on Fantasy National. Oh, I, I went to Minnesota last week to, oh, yeah. to, for a revamp of the site. And uh, live leaderboard looks fucking amazing with real-time data. That's what we need. Yeah. So instead of using the PGA app, we're going to get that built out. I just don't know how long it's going to take. The other thing that I wanted to put in is both real-time and after-the-round data for Showdown. That for the longest time that we talked about, and, and it worked forever until everyone just started doing it, ball striking minus putting. Boom. You're good to go. But then it would always be actually give an advantage to the guys that – well, maybe that they just have these greens figured out and no one would be using them on day two because they gained like five strokes, whatever it might be. So what I want to create is a system for you to go in and be able to look at your shot by shot after the round strokes gained and what it would do. I mean, you can customize it like with rules any way you want, but the default option would be we're going to throw out your best two strokes gained in all of the categories and worst two in all of the categories. So then you basically get the mean of what you did. So if someone gained, let's say, four strokes putting, but it's because they made two 80-foot putts, then their putting is not going to look so good. That's going to be huge. When those two are taken out. But if they consistently just putted well all day, then it would still be representative of that. So that's why I think people like the showdown shows that we do. I actually go into the data and go hole by hole and try and figure this stuff out and say, okay, but we'll just have this for you. Two now. of these holes that he gained it all from. And that's where there's a huge advantage in showdown with that is just another added edge because people don't actually go into that. They look at the data and say, oh, this guy gained two on approach. He must have killed it. They know 1.8 of what he gained yeah, on approach he was from, a hole out eagle from yeah. wherever. And that's it. And the rest of his approach was trash. It's just that saved his day and vice versa. So, I mean, that's, you got to dig deep or just watch the show. And, and when we get that data, the, the content side of things will be even easier to present on the show on Mayo Media Network. But every week, round two and round three, it's the Ship It Nation collaboration with the Mayo Media Network. Get in there. Is there any codes left for Ship It Nation? No codes, but today's last call. Hoop and I are doing a show 3 p.m. Eastern. 
It's going to be a freemium version. It's our premium show taken live on the Ship It Nation YouTube, youtube.com slash at Ship It Nation. Last call to get in on the founding family offer, $59 a month. For life? For life. It locks in. It's not first month only. $5.99 for the year. Converts to $49 a month. And again, there's six major sports. We just added MMA as well. There's going to be projections for all of them, tools for all of them. Is your projections asking Paul? And he's like, yeah, 79.4. No, it's definitely <laughs> not that. People get mad at the word proprietary. But yes, there's a, it's like a KFC chicken. There's lots of different there's, secret spices behind the, the scenes that it. get built into it. And I've used them myself. So uh, I'm pretty pretty happy about everything we got going on over there. We're only at 133 likes here. So I, I don't feel like that's enough. You didn't keep, ask enough. To keep yeah, the show that's, going. That's so the if, we, if we don't get to 200 here in like the next two minutes, we're shutting it down. So smash the like if you're out there and sub to Mayo Media Network. Where are we at on Hideki? Top 20 machine in U.S. Opens. Saw some people putting him out there. I, I like Hideki enough. I just think he's going to be, he's the one 8K guy that I think is just, he's going to be, five times as owned as the rest of the 8k guys and top 20 is great and everything but i need people who, who want to win from here yeah he definitely looks I, what do you think he comes in at for ownership Six. he looked like he was getting up there but i was seeing closer to like 14 to 17 i, I was gonna say 16 because when we talked yeah. about the That's scheffler fine. and shoffle builds or scheffler and anyone like it just you can't now fit him in that's the only thing I wonder, again, where sometimes, sometimes people think this and then it gets squeezed a little bit. I, I see Hatton as the guy that's the most owned in this range with Hideki just behind him. But yeah, the um, the AK range is going overlooked no matter how you shake it out. I like Hideki for some builds, but he's definitely someone I have starred to keep in mind when you're building out in your roster construction, how many guys like him do you have? Like I wouldn't necessarily love a Hatton, Hideki, Mito Denny type lineup because now you've got four guys that are all getting that late steam and already getting ownership. So I would try and avoid something like that. Ah, Romain, Romain Langeski at $6,600, asked Tim Peterson. We went over him on the best bet show. He's actually playing some pretty good golf. Yeah. I'm not using him though. Yeah, whatever. I mean, some of these guys you'll play and maybe one of them will come through. He could be the guy. Y'all think most of these guys will go under. I don't know what the fuck that means. What do you had a fucking stroke? <laughs> Strokes gain stroke questions? Fuck off. What was the remainder? <laughs> I was kind of interested. If you could create Strokes gains creativity outside of Spieth and Cam Smith, who else do you think stands out? I think Scheffler's actually number one in that category. Yeah, well. Reed. Yeah, Reed. You're talking about Mackenzie Hughes. I mean, I don't know if Mac Hughes is super creative. He just makes 70-foot putts. Yeah, that, that is true, too. But if you were talking like the guy, the mold of what we're talking about, of those guys, if you're building like the all lineup, yeah. he could go into it as a guy that does that. Ba but. Basically, it's Cam Smith and Reed. Actually, Reed is a Texas guy, isn't he? Is he from Texas? Okay. I find the Texas guys are like wildly creative. And I think it's because they play in, in a lot of the European yeah, I players. Like Houston, yeah, Houston, Houston, Texas. I think, I think he is. Especially the Brits as well. I think like when you play these wide open courses that you get in Texas and when you play, like if there was ever going to be a good golfer from our area, I feel like they would have to be very creative because you play a lot of Lynx golf around here. And when mm -hmm. you play a lot of Lynx golf or wide open golf where you can, you, know, you can have the choice of chipping it with an eight iron from 30 yards away or putting it up way up into the air, depending on the condition and the roll, which you see a lot in British and Lynx golf or even in Texas flat golf, that I think it just makes you inherently more creative than your California or Florida style golfer who it's just kind of the same shots over and over. So we can do that because you can go Spieth, Reed, and then you can go, the other thing you just mentioned, what you talked about with our stuff is where I think a lot of people are bringing up the Australians this week. So now you can get Cam Smith and Adam Scott into the lineup and now you have 8400 if you go to scheffler you're out of money who's the other who who else fits this mold that i'm missing australian or, or from texas or, or british 
Yeah, British, you could have fit in there too if you wanted. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think who else is just stick, sticking out in my mind. No one like Patrick Rogers. I wouldn't consider the most creative player in the world. Right. Or, Fitz. Fitz is English. Uh, Fitz is English. Fitz is English. Cam Smith fits us in as well. I, I got Cam Smith. Okay, here it is. Boom, found it. The two Englishmen, the two Australian, and the two Texans: Spieth, Reed, Cam Smith, Adam Scott, Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Rose. That can't be a real lineup. That's a real lineup. Are you serious? Yeah, man. That's a lineup. See, this is the, the threesome special right here. It's not even a devil's threesome. Three That's twosomes. fine. Yeah, you got a, you got a three twosome lineup. So, so it's Spieth, Fitz, Cam, Reed. Scott Rose. That's a good lineup. I mean, I mean, Justin Rose. You talk about creativity. It's a guy who won a U.S. Open by using three hybrid to chip. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I actually kind of like that lineup. It's not bad. I, I would I would feel better about it if this wasn't such a long course. <laughs> None of the. I can't uh, change it that much. I was thinking of something else, but yeah, no, it's fine. I just making that making that up, but just to say it, like you said, that's a lineup that definitely works. Rose versus Neiman single entry. I like Neiman. Yeah, and if, again, this is what I was talking about. I'll bring it up as a quick strategy piece because people, you know, hear about it in different places. But everyone's going to say the same thing here. In a vacuum, it's like four to one odds on Rose versus Neiman. If you are betting somebody right now and they want even money on that, you just take Neiman and move on and and go from there because the ownership setup. But at the same time, you get you have to pick five other spots in your lineup. This is what people always confuse. Like you, just because you change that spot doesn't mean it's the auto play. If the rest of your lineup was already unique enough and you really like Rose, you can play him, right? Not who you play, how you play him. That's an example. If you already have three other chalk plays of the week jammed in there, it's probably not the best setup for these large field tournaments to find leverage with. 86% of people in the chat believe that Cush should apologize to the nation of Chile. Wow. I think, it's, I think it should be 100%. That's exactly what should happen. Same odds as his uh, Albatross bet. That's right. Um, we're, I mean, we need more likes to, in order to keep this going. So we're almost out of time unless we get to 200 likes. So smash a like if you're out there. What number would you bet Rory at this week? I'd say 25 to 1. I don't know. I like these questions. 22. I like that number. Okay. Uh, is 50 to 1 on Justin Thomas just a blind bet? I'm not doing it. No. So no. I, I just don't think it is. I mean, he hasn't shown anything to show me that. I really like him on DraftKings at what looks like sub 10% ownership and the fact that he doesn't have to do nearly as much. He's 8,700. If he wins, like I said, you want to hold that ticket and people will say it is because of that number, but I'm, he just hasn't been doing anything. Uh, someone asked the fantasy national question, fantasynational.com slash mayo is strokes game putting going to be adjusted for uphill and downhill or not enough data or too difficult. Currently we do have the data it is just, we can't figure out a way to make it presentable. If that makes any sense, like it's if, man, just fo- the one thing, the thing you said you were focused on the live leaderboard and those stats <laughs> cutting two things out. Incredible yeah, actual but, but, use but, case. But I, I went and presented like a four part plan about how we use this data. That was in part sure. three of the plan. Well, that to me, who gives a shit? Like it's, oh, he's so good at uphill putts. Okay. So today he's always going to put it to the spot. He gets uphill. We don't, it's too many other factors to matter. Let's get actionable items. Like these other one and two are very actionable. Yeah. And, th- and that, those are one and two on the list. Experience and actionable data. Two pretty good things. Yeah. So basically it'll be faster than the PGA tour.com leaderboard that you can make completely customizable and bringing back the old school. You can see it like you can have a leaderboard of like 10 guys and it will give you like the bars like, oh, 341 to middle of fairway. Shot what about one. if I just want to put my six guy lineup up? Absolutely. Oh, man. You could Let's even go. you could even load your DraftKings CVS into it and have it done by the percentage of players that you have. 
Stay tuned for fantasynational.com, promo code TAMBO. And we'll have that out there because there's some rev share value in this one with, with what you're talking about adding. These are some really good features. And uh, Pat's suggestion was to give away the leaderboard for free. I like it. Just saying, get people on the page. I agree. But we'll see if that comes through. I got a screenshot of it yesterday. Now we just need to make it functional. Uh, thanks for the great and free content this week. Thank you for watching. Any love for Henley or English? Uh, I like both of them, but... Not enough to get me there on them. There are other guys. I just don't like that range. Yeah, I like Henley better. I just don't know what we see his ownership actually come in at. And again, I don't just fade a guy because of the ownership there. Just it's also a U.S. Open setup. I know that he's going to look good. Like when I do my um, you know accuracy and ball striking type model, of course he flies up because that's what he does. But at the same time, the range is absolutely loaded. That's where I have a little bit more trouble when I can validate three, four, five other guys around him. That's the case. Quick thought. Free leaderboard. But if you want to see your six guys at the same time, that is actually that's the model. See, too, we're getting that's, too that's, smart that's here. Model. That's the model. Hey. We got to upcharge somewhere. We, gotta, we, gotta, we have to make this worth doing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it's expensive to, to it, deal with all the back end. So it, well, it's not necessarily the back end. I mean, that part is expensive to develop. But once it's developed, it's good to go to get the real time data. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Talking like at any reasonable of, timing too, like you say, you're going to get. Well, yeah, pass, well, it so. doesn't make any sense if it's not if it's not accurate. If, exactly. it's, if it's not real time data, real time is called 45 second data, mm-hmm. is what it is. But like PJTour.com uses like three minute later data. <laughs> like you can be on Bet365 and use their leader. I was going to say 365 days a week. Yours, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just saying on their leader, we'll have yeah. the, we theoretically we'll have the same feed feed as they do for my MG. Perfect yeah. and way easier to use, and it sounds like it'd be better and and if you yeah more pay, more intuitive and free to be use. able to use it that way. Yeah. So that's great. In higher dollar single entry, will the most popular build have two to three mid seven k guys? If so, what is a contrarian build for those single entries? I think they'll have two to three mid seven k. I still think like Scheffler's Scheffler in higher stake single entry will go from twenty five to 35 percent. Yeah, that's definitely right. So just all the the contrarian build is getting off those seven k guys or limiting them, and what that means is where most will have three plus. Maybe you only have two. Maybe you have one and you can validate some of those other guys. Get some 8K guys in the mix. We just showed you what the most common Scheffler build looks like. That will be used in a lot of single entries or a variation of it that's very close. It included 0.8Ks and 0.6Ks, uh, 0.9Ks, or sorry, 1.9K in Xander. So a couple 9K guys and get off Scheffler. Three 9K guys that we talked about and you still can use those 7K guys, but you don't have any above or below. There's plenty of ways to do it this week. Like I said, it's more groupthink than you would expect for a major, while the ownership is still spread out because it's a major with soft pricing, it still has people landing in similar roster construction and similar thought processes. 450 viewers, fewer than 200 likes, low energy, sad. Sad. So smash the like. How many do we got? Uh, 171. We got to get to 200 here. Oh, I mean, there's some good questions down here too. It looks like we're not going to answer them. We got time too. Un- un- unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, seems like Fleetwood going under-owned. No. I don't know about that. No. Uh, what do you think his ownership ends up at? Fifteen percent, I'll say. Oh, I got way, I got higher. You got it way higher than that. Okay. I got, I got uh, right now seventeen to twenty. How much lower owned will Rom be compared to Scheffler? I'm going to say twenty-five to eighteen percent. I actually Scheff- have uh, Scheffler capped a little bit. I could see him coming in at like twenty-two, three, twenty-two and a half, somewhere in that range. I'm not trying to put an exact, but just to say that, and I think Rom comes in six points less than the twenty-five dollar millimaker. Seamus Power was great in majors last year. Seeing sub 5%, do either of us have any interest? No. I had him on the list, and then I think I took him off. I, I couldn't make a decision, so I just went against it. Is Tom Kim a full fade this week? I think he kind of has to be. He just hasn't been good. Yeah. Uh, the main, main thing, actually, with him is more the pricing, too, like where he's at. There's yeah, if he was 74, it would be great. Too many other guys around him. Uh, looking for a last guy in, Perez, English, or Henley? 
Big Dick Vic Perez. Cam bet on him. Low French. Then forgot about Langascu. Yeah, it's probably Perez or Henley. Okay. You really don't like English, huh? I'm not, I, I know he has like a U.S. Open record, and people say that and go through it, and he's playing a little bit better. He's just not a guy that I play, so uh, didn't, thought, didn't make my list. Thoughts on Ekrot or for a cheap play? I think he's in the mix. I prefer Shank, who's yeah. cheaper, I think. Yeah, Ekrot's in the mix for me. I like him at 7K. I like Minwoo better. but I, I like Minwoo better. I like Sergio better. Yeah, Sergio's the guy that I said I think could pop for an old guy. We've seen all these specialties lately where you'll see certain guys I mean, Sergio's pop up. not even that old. No, but they would classify him as it in this class, especially when you've got the guys around him. But why don't we talk about, about Adam Scott that way? Or Justin I Rose do, that way? But I, th- I think the thing is no one's – like people are playing Adam Scott. People are playing Justin Rose. That's more of the angle that people are looking at this from is who's the guy that would pop that nobody's talking about, and it's Sergio. And Sergio, by the way, had to grind into this event. Oh, yeah. People were saying, like, this dude wants it so bad. And remember the conversations right now, chip on shoulder, the Euros shouldn't make the, the Ryder Cup team or won't. Even Rory stepping in and saying Brooks should, but nobody on the European side should. How, how does that work? I don't yeah. understand. He should just probably stop talking. But, <laughs> yeah, I think he is going to stop talking at this point. So Why did Homa go from 28-1 to 1 to 35-1 to 1 in 24 hours? I'm guessing because no one is betting on him. Yeah. Everyone who bet on Homa already bet on yeah, him. We already got the ticket. Yeah. When he was playing really good. So no one wants to bet on him in real time. It was like Riv, right? He was in the the run down the stretch against Rom. Couldn't get the job done, but still then it was like, well, holy, he's 50 to 1 still. You can yeah. go pick him up for LACC. And you're like, okay, I'll go do that. Any way to check on Cantley's putting on more undulated bent grass greens? No. Not not as of right now. Great no, show. Yeah, Th- technically you could. In Fantasy National, you go find bent grass. Well, yeah, and sort by those courses. And, and then yeah. change the course. But, but you need to know that. It's not just like there's a button. No, that's true. So. But someone who wants to know that should be willing to get some research in Google. Yeah. Where's my uh, clip of you telling them how to Google it? That's the best one. Uh, great show, guys. Thanks, Bob. Uh, Thor Bjornsson and Bennett. Too risky. Love their skill level. I like Bennett more than Thor Bjornsson because of the driving acumen. But, yeah, they're probably too risky. And you say lack of experience. Like I just said, Bennett made the cut at the U.S. Open last year. Mm-hmm. So he's at least played in a U.S. Open. Yeah. Don't hate it. I don't really like either of them. So long-term, see how it actually plays out. But uh, for this week, don't care about either, really. Seems like Mito is trending towards Ricky, PGA Championship ownership. Do you agree? I do not. Just Mito's Mito? just never going to be as popular as Ricky is. Like, anytime there's, like, a sniff of Ricky, Rick, Ricky gets blown out. I think he's saying that PGA Championship Ricky got that added steam late. Remember, Ricky got pumped up to, like, 20? Yeah, and then he was the highest-owned guy. <laughs> yeah, they're saying that Mito's... Mito's not going to be the highest-owned guy. No, no, but in that range, he's definitely getting the steam. Like, I can see him getting to 14 right now in that range. I 14, think, 17. I think maybe? Yeah, he's definitely getting love, for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's a case for you for make-miss-cut odds from Sportsbook for building DFS lineups? I would guess that optimizers have that built into it yeah a lot of them uh, are factoring in already top a lot 20 of the odds things like that yeah where... I, I don't think that to make the cut to miss the cut odds are especially good because a lot of them just <laughs> they don't give you everyone for one thing ever see a, a pat mayo miss the cup parlay yeah. <laughs> de- you definitely are against you like i'll just bet against this guy yeah like, I, six I, of them I, I always think there's far more value on to miss the cut than to make the cut but that's a popularity contest a lot of the times mm-hmm. like when they you know this guy is minus, like, for someone like Phil this week, I think it's like minus 110 to make the cut, minus 110 to miss the cut. Like, chances are he's going to miss the cut. Mm-hmm. Like, to miss the cut is that probably a good bet on that. That's not to say he is going to miss the cut. That's probably like a 30-70 split. Make the cut, miss the cut for Phil at the U.S. Open. This, in particular, U.S. Open. So I don't think that they're necessarily a great way to gauge if you're trying to project out. I think the top 20 odds are much better. Kenyama or Suh? Well, they're not the same price, but I like Suh better. 
Uh, I'll probably go Kitayama. Okay. The Gala is a top 10 this week. I can see it. Yeah, worth a shot. We talked about it in the 30 rounds thing is getting a little bit blown up now, but at the same time, the range that he's in has a lot of other guys people are playing instead. So I think the is a good play. One and done picks. You can rewind to 948 of this show to hear the one and done discussion. Sam Bennett or Sam Stevens? Stevens is the answer to that question. Maybe neither is the answer. Yeah. Maybe both. But I, for me, Stevens. Last one. one. No, that's it. You know, let's, let's wrap it up. We didn't get to 200 likes. There's no more questions in here. We're good. I like it. The more people are saying that Cush should apologize to Chile. Maybe. Cam Smith, question mark? Well, you can rewind to who Pat bet. And the, I mean, the, he had the longest segment on the show. 948 for that one. No, no, that, that was at 202. Uh, I know that, but I'm saying if you want to really hear it in depth, 948 would be a good start. Uh, should Jason Day be getting more love? I feel like he, he, he got his win and he peaked. Feels that way because he obviously what happened afterwards, but I think he's still fine. He has actually a pretty decent U.S. Open record as well. If he's not falling apart, people talk about Chambers Bay. What happened at Chambers Bay? Vertigo. 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 But didn't he still finish strong there? I think so. So, yeah, I mean, there's little things that have been brought up this week, but 8,100, definitely interesting. So I'm giving away that 500 bucks. Rate, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, audio, food to the Pat Mayo experience, get, pump up those numbers, rig the system, try to get to number one. That would be the best. I, I would be very grateful for that. That'd be something you can do for me, and I'll give one of you 500 bucks. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get 20% off. Giving away both these winners with the annual membership on Monday. Sub to the newsletter down in the description for added info and finalized thoughts this evening sent directly to your email. ShipItNation.com. Last day to get in on the Founders membership. Yeah, specialty. That, like I said, that we'll have the show this week's the freemium. It's going to be 3 p.m. Eastern back on YouTube live. So another version of this. Take some questions, talk through it more on there, but it's the same thing. Tagline, everything you need to have success with DFS. That's our focus. Six major sports. And I'm also giving away $500 tonight. So it's pretty simple. Go to my Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Find the tidbits. They're there. Uh, already, I think almost three or 400 retweets. It's a, it was up to $400. So a dollar for every retweet. So Hit it up, but you're still on the list. If it goes to 600, just we maxed it out at 400 because I'm giving away 100 from Monday on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates. If you go back to that video, it's here on the Mayo Media Network. Leave a comment of your uh, pick. I think it was your fade over 9K is what we stuck with there. Who is your fade over 9K? I, I'd said Homa, I think. Can't lay. Ooh, I don't know about that one. Rom. No, not Rom. Not Rom. Not Rom. Home. I mean, uh, to be perfectly transparent with you, I'm playing Brooks and I'm playing Rom and like not the other guys. So, so Scheffler, Scheffler, and maybe I'll be a coward and hedge myself out and add some Scheffler into that mix. But no Rory, no Hovland, no Cantley. Maybe Xander, I'm not sure. You're taking some good stands there. That's fine. I'm either going to be really right, but most likely really wrong when it comes down to it, as I normally am in a lot of these lineups. Uh, we really enjoyed doing all the shows this week on Mayo Media Network. Go back and check those out. Cut Sweat live Friday evening with me, Jeff, and Cuss. Maybe Tambo will come over too. Who knows? Probably not because he has a show that night for round three showdown <laughs> on Thursday night, round two showdown, all on Mayo Media Network. So subscribe right now, all right? Thanks for filling the Listener's League so early. We'll max out again at the Open Championship with $100,000 of rake-free money. So we'll keep that one going. Go into the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Listener's League right now as well. Let's fill that up so you can check that out on Tambo's Twitter or in the show profile from Sunday evening that'll do it for me thanks for watching i'll see you next time